now, introducing the man whom upon seeing Dansby Swanson's post-game interview last night after the Braves won the World Series, shouted up to his wife, Honey, his last name is Swanson? I thought it was Samsonite. He's got no job. He's got no money. His pet's heads are falling off. He is Glenn Clark. Very animated open today. You were fired up for that one. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Paul Valley. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. we got a lot to do on the show today as well. Coming up in a bit, Carlos Carrier had a huge game for Maryland football against Indiana on Saturday. We'll talk about that and look ahead to Penn State with him. Uh, also, a little bit later on this morning, speaking of Maryland, we are going to check in with Terps coach Mark Turgeon as they get ready. They play an exhibition game on Friday. And then, of course, open up the season next Tuesday. So we'll talk to him about his team. And then later on in the show, Drew Forrester will join us, as he does typically every Wednesday. Uh, We will chat with uh, Drew about uh, what the Ravens did not do, obviously, at the deadline yesterday and whatever the hell else is on Drew Forrester's mind. That's all coming up this morning here on GCR. Today's show brought to you by Window Nation. Uh, You're running out of time. We are absolutely in last chance territory when it comes to taking advantage of the best deal they've ever offered, which is two free windows with every two you purchase and no payments. I mean, nothing, no, no monthly payments, no interest payments, no down payment for two full years. Cold weather's here. Natural gas prices are high. This is your last chance. This does not go on past this month. You've been thinking about it. Maybe you're like, we don't need them right now. We were going to wait until the spring. This is it. Final opportunity for you to take advantage of this deal. Two free windows for every two you buy. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. The Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios are up. We'll get to them here in a minute, but... Before that, obviously, we need to talk about what happened with the Ravens not doing anything at the deadline. And um, I'm certainly not stunned because you can't be stunned by something like that. But am I surprised a bit? I'm a bit surprised. I do wonder, based on how the deadline had gone in the couple of years uh, before this year, if the extra game on the season and feeling as though you're not even really at the halfway point of the year impacted decisions the teams made. I wonder if teams would say, you know what, we'd rather you push the trade deadline back a couple weeks. I was thinking about that in particular when it comes to Marlon Mack, right? Like if the Ravens, and, I, and I'm writing about it uh, today at PressBoxOnline.com, if the Ravens really were interested in Marlon Mack, and I, by the way, this is part of the problem, and I, I don't want to give away my entire column, part of the problem is you'll never really get these answers. You can't, and I understand that. Like this is something that as a reporter used to bother me, and then like I really started to understand this. The Ravens can't answer these questions. They can't. I, I get it. They cannot walk into a room and say, guys, we really wanted Marlon Mack. The Colts didn't want to trade him. Because if they say that, what they're really saying to the running backs on their roster is, we don't think you're good enough. And those guys have to go play for them this Sunday. And the Sunday after that and the week after, you know what I mean? Like They, they can't do that. They have to lie. Well, and, and by the way, I don't even know that it's lying, right? Because I don't know if they were interested in Marlon Mack or not. I couldn't tell you. But they couldn't possibly tell you that. They can't tell you the truth. And I get that. It took me a long time in my life, but I understand that. 
So let's just say, hypothetically, the Ravens wanted Marlon Mack. That was the guy they identified. They didn't feel all that strongly about Jamal Williams. There was something that they knew about Philip Lindsay's medical history. That meant, like, this was the guy. They wanted Marlon Mack. And the Colts said, I don't know if you saw, but like Derrick Henry just went down. I know we're behind the Titans right now, but there's a lot of time left in this season, and we still get another game against them before the year is over, and we might have to face you in the playoffs. We wanted to trade Marlon Mack, but you're not offering us all that much, and we might make you better to give you a better chance to beat us come the playoffs. So, or we might be competing with you for a wild card spot. Well, yes, the Ravens have a better record than the Colts right now. It's not so much better that you don't think things could change over the course of the next. There's a half a season left to play. In some cases, more. The Ravens still more than half their season to play. Actually, I guess all teams still have more because it's 17 games. Everybody's still got more than half the season left to play. So if it was Marlon Mack, and maybe the trade deadline was two or three weeks later, perhaps the Colts have lost a couple more games, and they say, all right, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter now. You're not... We're not competing against you, and they're more willing to make the deal at that point. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm hypothesizing. I'm spitballing. I'm using, you know, plausible thought processes in order to do this. But I wonder if the extra game made this more difficult for teams to just flat out say, we need to move on from certain pieces. Other than obvious business decisions, right? The Broncos were able to buy a second-round pick in the draft by trading Von Miller, which is still a little surprising because the Broncos are plausibly in the race in the AFC with a 4-4 four and four record. They're, they're in. If the Colts are in the race, the Broncos are in the race. Of course, the Colts' division looks a little bit more palatable at the moment than the Broncos does, particularly given Derrick Henry's status. I just wonder. I don't know. I can't tell you. I don't know that, and nobody will give me an honest answer about it. I ran it up the flagpole of someone I know and w- within football, and they said, yeah, we think there might be something to that. And they also said, we also think that maybe the players that were available, they were Deshaun Jackson, for example, got released right after he wasn't traded. He wanted to be traded. The Rams couldn't find anybody willing to trade him. They just outright released him. And one of the things that was hypothesized by, and I, I can't, I'm not going to tell you who my source, but I reached out to somebody and they said, I got the sense that a lot of the players that were actually available were just guys the team said, we don't think they're worth trading for. We don't think their value is draft picks. We think they're guys that teams could end up just choosing to release. And, for example, I don't think the Colts are going to outright release Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack wanted to be traded. They couldn't trade him. They're trying to win. Like They're trying to do something in their division. And if Naheem Himes gets hurt or Jonathan Taylor gets hurt, I think I own him in one league, so I'll go ahead and knock on a piece of wood here, then Marlon Mack's going to need to be there for them. So I don't don't know why any individual move didn't happen. But I can hypothesize why it didn't. And I can hypothesize that the Ravens ultimately said, we're not giving up picks for players that aren't worth it. That we don't think are better than the street free agent. 
we talked about perhaps acquiring offensive line depth. And if the players that really were available to them are no different than Cedric Abwehi, who they just picked up last week, and they say, look, this is a the, the guy that gets released is not any different than the guy that you're trying to trade me. You're trying to trade me your trash. Like, we want offensive line help, but you're trying to trade me your trash. I, I don't want that guy. At some point, somebody else is going to get released, and they're going to be just as good of an option as the guy you're trying to trade me. Then I get it. I, it. Do I know that it's that simplistic? Not at all. I can't tell you that. Is it totally plausible that there was a trade that was on the table that was worthy of being made, and the Ravens simply said, eh, we're just not going to do it, and we can second-guess them if we were to find that out? Sure. We'll never find that out, and that's the reality of it. But if we were to know, we might very well second-guess that whatever the offer was. It might very well be that somebody said, well, you can have Jamal Williams for a sixth-round pick, and the Ravens said, mm, you know, we, we think Devontae Freeman can do it. I mean, a lot of people have pointed out this week, including Jonas Schaefer, who joined us yesterday, that Devontae Freeman, um, his his uh, rush yards over expected is actually better than Lamar Jackson's this season. So maybe that's a sign that Devontae Freeman should get some more work. Somebody else brought that up on Monday that we had. I don't remember if it was Connor or if it was um, Vinny Iyer, but but a couple people have brought that brought up that number to me this week. It's actually above Lamar Jackson's, who's quite elusive. I'm not sure if you've heard. As I, as I say, that might be a sign of something. It might be a sign that perhaps Devontae Freeman should get more work, or it might be a sign of he's gotten so few carries that that number isn't really relevant yet. That if he got more work, that number would come back down. It just so happens to be that that number is augmented by one or two carries in which he kind of got away from somebody. You know, It's such a small sample size that that number shouldn't matter all that much. I think he's only gotten, what, like seven? I, I, I did the math last night, and Devontae Freeman only has three more carries than Le'Veon Bell, despite the fact that he's played in three more games than Le'Veon Bell this season. So it's not like they've used Devontae Freeman that much in that capacity. Uh, here, here are the numbers. Devontae Freeman this season has a total of 20 rushing attempts. 20 total. You can skew a number like that when you're only talking about 20 total rushing attempts. If Devontae Freeman had 40 rushing attempts, it might very well be that that number isn't 0.34, and it's more like, you know, I don't, I'm hard-pressed to think that it's as low as Le'Veon Bell's minus two yards per carry. That's insane. But I don't know. It, the answer might be the Ravens just feel they think that these guys are better than what we've seen so far, and they can do it, and they weren't interested in a running back. If that's the case, I'm going to flatly say I disagree. What does that mean? Not a whole lot. I'm guessing to them. Probably not all that concerned. I don't think Eric's worried about it. So do you think there's a chance that the Ravens looked at their upcoming schedule and they're like, all right, we got the Vikings, Dolphins, and Bears. By the time we're done with that stretch and we get into the home stretch where we have these really tough matchups the rest of the way, we should have McCarry back. We should have uh, Ben Cleveland back. Nick Boyle's coming back this week. Our offensive line is going to get better just with our internal options, and maybe that's why they don't go out and make a move, and they expect the running backs to get better as their offensive line gets healthier. Is, it, is it possible? Of course it's possible. Do I think that's smart? No. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, as I said before, if I had seen something from any of these backs, even when they were in space, then I would feel differently about it. The biggest problem to me, the most damning thing about this group of backs, and we were talking about it with Bo Smolka last week, is... What happens when they get to the corner? Mm. 
when it's no longer about the blocking. It's one thing if we can say, look, the guys in front of him aren't blocking for anybody. Like the, the run blocking has been porous, although the pass blocking has been pretty good. Um, pretty good. I don't want to go crazy about that. It's, it's held up. So the run blocking hasn't been all that great. Um, that Nobody could survive in these circumstances. Okay, but explain what's happening when these guys are getting to the corner. When it's no longer about the blocking. When they've got space in front of them and they're not getting it. That, to me, is the damning part of this equation, right? The damning part is the outside. And I don't think that getting Nick Boyle or Patrick McCary or any of those guys back, Ben Cleveland, I, Ben Cleveland, by the way, wasn't even the primary guy. We, like, right. I know we all like Ben Cleveland, and you know he's, he's sort of a personality, and that's a whole thing, but we can't pretend like Ben Cleveland. They didn't even think highly enough of him that he was the primary guy. Getting those guys back, I don't think, changes what happens when these running backs get to the outside because... Why would it? So could it be? Sure, it could be. But I would say, personally, my opinion is that would be a mistake. It would be a mistake if that was the thought process. Is it impossible? No, I, I don't know. Again, they, they can't possibly answer this question for me. They can't tell me what actually was the reason why they didn't do something. But um, if that's it, if it's because they think these guys will be better or, or something along those lines... I disagree. I disagree. But you can't force trades to be made either. You can only trade for players that are actually available. And there was word that, like, say, the Texans were trying to get top dollar for guys that they had on their roster. And so if they thought that Philip Lindsay required a fourth-round pick and the Ravens just said that we can't justify that, we can't give up a fourth-round pick, it's easy for a lot of us to say, you got, like, five fourth-round picks next year. What are you doing? Just do it. But they're not, they have made it very clear, they're not going to overpay for what they believe a player's value to be. There are plenty of times where I have disagreed with that, where I thought it was worthy of overpaying for someone. There are times we look back and say, that was a mistake. I'm, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I know this much. They got to run the ball with their running backs. That's the only thing I can come away from it. And that, again, I'm, I'm doing the bit I always do. I'm giving away my column. Th th they are right now set up. What's happening with the Baltimore Ravens is so unprecedented. I can't find something similar in a Super Bowl champion since the 2000, what is it, two Buccaneers. In that the Ravens right now don't have a single back averaging 40 yards rushing per game. That hasn't happened with a Super Bowl champion largely ever. Now, there's a few, you know, like, I, I use the number 45 just to try to come up. It took me so long to try to find a Super Bowl champion that had a similar circumstance that I changed the number to 45 just to up it to a place where I might find one. And that got me to Michael Pittman, who was the Buccaneers' leading rusher in that 2002 season. And he ran for 44.9 yards per game. So he damn near ran for 45 yards per game. The Ravens don't have a running back averaging 40 yards per game on the ground. Now you can say, yeah, but they've got a quarterback who does. And that is true. Although it's been kind of clear, wherever, for whatever reason, they don't want that to be the case. They don't want the quarterback to be running that much. Or he doesn't. Something is going on in that world. I don't know. But even so... 
what you're doing is saying the entirety of the workload is going to have to fall on Lamar Jackson's shoulders. If that's your answer, yeah, there's a trade-off. You're right, Glenn. They don't have a running back that's going to average like that, but they got a quarterback who does. What you're saying is the quarterback has to do everything. With an extra game to be played this season, perhaps you having to play in the first weekend of the playoffs, no guarantee you're going to get a bye. We're talking about this potentially being 21 games of the quarterback having to do everything. And I think Lamar Jackson's unbelievable. I mean, I think he's borderline Superman. But this is insane. Unprecedented doesn't begin to describe what it is that you'd be asking of Lamar Jackson. You don't win a Super Bowl this way. I know that because I did the math. It's not just me hypothesizing that it's difficult to win a Super Bowl this way. It's that no one does. The Chiefs asked a lot of Patrick Mahomes a couple years ago, but Damian Williams ran the ball better than any of the guys the Ravens have. Someone who can shoulder some of the load. Brandon Staley talked about it a few weeks ago. Someone would say, hey, it's a passing league. Why do you still run? Because like the, the defense needs to know what they're in for for that day. They need to choose, like the Ravens have struggled with this year, that they're up for going and being physical and tackling. You need to know it's an option. You need to keep a defense honest. There's a million reasons why you've got to be able to run the ball with your running backs. The best one I can give you is that no Super Bowl champion has done it without that. Period. So that's what's on the table. The Ravens didn't acquire a back. It's, it's over now, right? Like, could someone still be released at some point and they could choose to pick him up? Yeah, I mean, that's possible, although everybody's got to go through waivers at this point. So unless you're planning on picking up a, you know, a Todd Gurley, who I guess is completely done physically because even the Titans didn't want Todd Gurley at this point, and they signed Adrian Peterson. Unless you're planning on picking somebody up who's totally off the street, anybody who you would sign would have to go through waivers in order to get to you. Which, by the way, I mean, it's not, it's not impossible. The guys that are getting released at this point aren't necessarily desirable players. It could very well be that they signed someone. But that's the point. The point is that a guy that's getting released at this point isn't a desirable player. The overwhelming likely scenario is these are your guys. you got to figure out with this group of guys. I presume they spent a better part of bye week working on this. I think that's presumptuous on my part. I think that's a, the biggest problem that faces the offense. They can't run with the running backs i got to imagine that Greg Roman and this staff sat down and said, what can we do? What can we find? How can we gimmick something a little bit more in order to be able to run with the running backs? They thought more about the guys they had. What do they do? What are their strengths? they got to figure out a way to make it work. It seemed like the easy answer was, we'll find a guy with a burst. They didn't do that. So now it goes back internal. Will they? I mean, I can't tell you I got any confidence in it. How could I? We've got seven games of evidence. How could anybody have any confidence in this team's ability to run with this group of running backs? Things can change. Obviously, things can change, and they might. I, I, can't, I can't swear to you that they can't. I mean, I, I, as I said a million times, I've seen nothing that makes me think that Tyson Williams is an NFL running back. From them, they don't think he is. They've made that abundantly clear. They don't think Tyson Williams is an NFL running back. But does that mean he can't be at some point? Of course not. But this is the, 
You want somebody to just say things for the sake of saying them, you got to tune in somewhere else. I can't just do that. I don't know. I know that's crazy. I don't know. The evidence that I have says no. But that's all I can work with. I can't, I can't make something up or just say, well, I've got a gut feeling that that's coming because it's meaningless. The evidence that I have is I don't think they can run with these running backs. But they've got to figure out a way to or they're not winning a Super Bowl. And I know that because no one has. And that's the reality. So it's one or the other, right? It's either you're going to figure it out or you're not going to win the Super Bowl. I don't, you know, it's not the end of the world. You can be good and you have another good season and not win the Super Bowl. And you can look at it at the end and say, well, hell, we were up against you know, so much. It was in- insane to think that this roster could win a Super Bowl given how many players were hurt. Okay. But you're, you're here. You're 5-2. and two. Like, it would be my goal. I, I would still be trying to win a Super Bowl at this point. And that's why, again, not stunned, but I'm a little surprised. I'm a little surprised by there not being an addition to the trade deadline. I think something that you might be able to hang your hat on is that you look around the rest of the AFC, and really the only team that I can think of that is in playoff contention that has a legitimate game-breaking running back is the Pittsburgh Steelers with Najee Harris. Because even the Bills— I mean, the the Browns. Yeah, but, I mean, one guy's hurt, the other guy just just came back. Yeah, but, I mean, like the Browns. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the Browns. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I don't know. I just I, I look at these guys. Okay, so you have the Browns, you have the Steelers, who I don't think anybody. Th- but that, that comes down to the but, quarterbacks, but, but right? But there's but there's a difference between having. I'm not looking for the Ravens to have Nick Chubb. I'm not looking for the Ravens to have you know a, a game breaker. They don't have production. Mm-hmm. They don't have anything. They they have nothing from their running backs. That there's a difference between having something particularly special in terms of a running back, having Derrick Henry, and where the Ravens are. They're, they're too told. There's a big area between those two things. I, they don't need to be here, but they got to be here. Mm-hmm. They have to have. They have to get some sort of production from their running backs. Something. The the the. Uh, let me pull up the. We'll take a look at some of these numbers real quick. The Buffalo Bills running backs. They don't have anybody particularly special, right? Like, and Zach Moss. Correct. Like yeah. that's, and they've dealt with injuries too. Like mm-hmm. I mean, they've 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 been through it this season as well. The Bills are getting uh, 48.4 yards per game for Devin Singletary, Mm -hmm. which is more than 10 yards per game, more than anyone is giving the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. That's a significant difference. It is. And you combine it, you know, like they're also getting roughly 40 yards per game from Zach Moss. Yeah. Like they're, they're getting production from their running backs. It's not a game breaker, but they're getting production. The Ravens aren't getting production. Well, but you're also only only two games removed from a game where they had they three have backs right, one game fi- one game well, one yeah. game against the worst run defense. I, I get that they I don't get to the, face the Chargers again, unfortunately. I guess my my whole point is that there's no real team out there that's running away with it, and that's where the Ravens well, are in a are, are, are in no a doubt good, about that are in a are in a good position. And yes, the Browns have Nick Chubb, and the Browns have but, but Kareem Hunt when he comes back. My, but my my context isn't the Ravens are in trouble for me. This is about winning a Super Bowl. That's my context for this. That's why I give you the list of what the Super Bowl teams have done. The, I, I don't think the Ravens are going to be buried. I don't think they're going to lose all of their games. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to lose on Sunday. I, I think the Ravens are in very good shape to be a playoff team. I'm talking about winning a Super Bowl, which to me is 
the context for everything you try to do when you're at this point. Like, I, I can't fathom that in the building they're sitting around saying, well, yeah, but we're good enough to win the division. We're good enough to, to get into the playoffs. That's all that really matters. A lot of people say this, like, all, all you do is just try to get in and see what happens. Uh, okay, like, I, I hear you. I'd prefer to, to plan to try to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, no, I don't agree with that mentality yeah. of we're good just getting in. But then you have to ask yourself, and of course, in, in at the castle, they're not sitting there thinking, oh, well, we want to get to the Super Bowl, but we're probably not going to win. But even if the Ravens were to have acquired a legitimate running back that can make their running game that much better, are they better than the teams in the NFC? Are they better than the Packers with a running back? Are they better than the Rams? Are they better than – and I don't think you can say yes even with a running well, back. I don't know, but I'd much rather only have to face them – we're talking about one a one-game scenario yeah. where you have to beat one of those teams, and I if in one scenario I've got a running back and the other scenario I don't, I know which one – oh, boy, yeah, hello. <laughs> what the, I don't know what the hell just happened there. I know which one I'd like my chances better in. It's the one where I've got a running back. Right. I, I, there's no scenario by which the answer is just I, you don't try. And, I again, I don't think the answer was that they didn't try. I don't believe that. I can't ever know, but I don't believe they didn't try. There's no way they didn't try. I, I, I can't say that either. I can't say that either. I can't, okay, I can't imagine that they didn't try. Right. That's where I am. I yeah. believe that they probably tried, and it just didn't work out for whatever reason. But I'm, I'm saying that I can't know. And, again, they can't tell me. They can't be honest about that they can't even tell me off the record because if I come in here today and say off the record they tried to trade for Marlon Mack that's going to get back to their running backs too mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if I don't say who it was that said it because the running backs going to say so the organization thinks we're no good and you're going to cause strife within your they can't be honest about that with me with anybody it's not just me they can't be honest about that with Jeff Srebeck they can't be honest about that with anyone because They'd be setting themselves up to piss off the players that are on their own team. And that's an insane way of doing business. Like, the, no team would do that. So, we'll never know. I, my gut is that they probably tried, and it just didn't work out for whatever reason or whatever series of reasons they weren't able to make a trade. But I think that they're in trouble in the context of winning a Super Bowl because I don't have belief that this can change and based on all the evidence that's presented, if it doesn't change, if they don't find production from these running backs, they're in, they're in a world of hurt for winning a Super Bowl, for winning a Super Bowl specifically. Today's show also brought to you by, ooh, this one's brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Would you rather Wednesday scenarios are up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. We'll get to them a little bit later on in the program. When we come back in, Carlos Carrier, University of Maryland wide receiver, massive game against Indiana on Saturday, real breakout performance. See if uh, that can turn into uh, something special the rest of the way. Maybe they can go beat Penn State on Saturday. We'll talk to him next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser Show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Taz Bowser Show. The next Taz Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 16th at Mother's in Timonium. It's brought to you by Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. 
Media. All good things come to an end, which is the case with Window Nation's best offer ever. You can still get two free windows with every two purchased, plus no down payment, no monthly payment, and no interest payments for two years. But hurry, because this stellar deal ends this month. Cold weather is here, natural gas prices are the highest they've been in years, and wasting energy with old, inefficient windows will cost you a fortune. Get two free windows with every two you buy, plus pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. I love you more than rock and roll. I love you more than a swimming hole. I love you more than pinball. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than gumballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. I love driving my tractor trailer. And just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Freeze as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area. And the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles' pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. Press Box is available for free at over 500 areas locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You've got questions. They've got answers. Sure. I mean, we'll go with that. It's Glenn and Paul on Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. If you're not playing underdog fantasy football, I think you are insane. We are hoping to get some good news on the sports betting front tonight here in the state of Maryland. We're hoping that that will come uh, in this Swark meeting. Can't guarantee it, and we've been through this a little while, but we're hoping that there will be good news that will come at this meeting. But even if we get that good news, you're still not going to be able to bet on your phone for a while. All it would mean is that in the f- next few weeks, month, you'd be able to um, go to brick-and-mortar uh, locations, the casinos, and you'd be able to bet there, a few of them, even if we get that good news, which, by the way, is also not guaranteed. So in the meantime, what I would do if I were you... You can feel like you're betting on your phone when you play Underdog Fantasy football. Go to underdogfantasy.com, download the Underdog app. When you do, use the code PRESSBOX, and we will match your deposit up to $100 with free money to play with. And it's not just the weekly and daily fantasy games. It's also uh, player props, parlays, things along those lines. Underdog Fantasy Football, again, underdogfantasy.com is the website for you to find out more. Um, and use that code PRESSBOX when you do, you get hooked up, up to $100, free money to play with. We will match your deposit. That's an awesome offer. 
All right. Um, big win. Much needed win for the University of Maryland this past Saturday when they took on Indiana. They righted the ship a bit. And thanks in large part to our next guest. What a massive game he had. Eight catches for 134 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Real breakout performance from Carlos Carrier, who's with us now here on GCR. Carlos, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us, and congratulations on such a huge win. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you guys for having me. How's everybody doing? Everybody's doing all right, man. Tell, tell me about you. How's, how's your week been? How many texts have you gotten from people that maybe you know, like are suddenly your cousins that you had never heard from before? Uh, yeah, it's been a lot. Just trying to focus on the next opportunity. But, yeah, it's been a lot. It's been cool. I mean, I imagine it's been pretty cool, man. Did you did you know that something like this was coming? Did you feel confident going into this game that your moment was was on the cusp? But that the way that you had been stacking practices and you know vibing with Talia, did you feel like something like this was on the horizon? Um, the focus was just to be be ready and be where I'm supposed to be, do my job. That's always that's always the focus and the mindset and just. However, however things play out, that's how they play out. But I just want to be ready for my teammates and for the sake of the program. I would say mission accomplished if that's the case then, Carlos. I would say you were certainly ready for that to be the case. You know, I know it's been it's been tough, right, um, the last few weeks. And, and you guys have gone through some tough losses. And on top of that, losing Dante, losing Jay Sean. How, how did you guys manage to keep from allowing all of that to deflate you and get back up and be ready for a game that you guys needed to win? Um, since the winter, you know, our strength staff and, and Coach Locke, they preach to just um, get back to neutral, uh, return the focus back to whatever the task is at the time and and just lock in however we can. And I, I think that we, we did a great job of that. We Obviously, we battled through adversity, but we just try to get back to neutral and focus on on the day in the days ahead. What does that look like on a day-to-day basis? Like, is that is that you know you walk by, you see somebody maybe hanging their head, you you say, hey man, you, you hit him on the shoulder. Like, what what does that look like within a program on a day-to-day basis when you're going through something like that? Um, I think that looks like just trying to put your best foot forward every day, whether that's in the meeting room, whether that's you know eating or hydrating, anything that you're doing, just try to put your best foot forward throughout the week, and and then let Saturday take care of itself. I mean, it, it worked out. I mean, it certainly worked out. That ended up being the case. How, how good does it now feel? You got another big game coming up on Saturday. How much have you sensed, like, the vibe and the program sort of changing when you can just kind of get the monkey off your back and get a big win? Um, it's obviously a big opportunity. Um, everybody, I, I feel, is focused and just trying to, like I said, win Monday through Friday and put their best foot forward throughout the week so that Saturday we'll be able to put out a good product and hopefully take care of business. He is Carlos Carrier, and he's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio, fresh off his huge performance, a couple of touchdowns against Indiana. Carlos, you've been through a lot, right? Like, you have been in this program for a long time, and you have seen a a lot of different things. Um, For your own personal journey to get to this place where – they have trust in you, and and you're the guy that's out there, and they're counting on you. What does it mean to you, all of the work that you've done and everything that you've been through over these, you know, five years at this point, in order to get to this moment? It's definitely humbling. It's a blessing, you know, that the program trusts me, has the ball in my hands. That's that's always a blessing. But just yeah, just being out there is humbling, and I'm excited. I'm excited for this Saturday. I mean, I, I can only imagine. I can only imagine how excited you must be 
Um, Carlos, you, you, you know, we rent, we reference obviously this Saturday, of course it's Penn state and that means something to a lot of people, but what it also means is it's a team that you guys literally beat a year ago. Um, how much confidence do you have? I, I know everybody's look nationally, nobody wants to give you guys a chance and everybody raves about Penn state, but we know what happened the last time you played these guys. How much confidence do you guys have internally because of that? It's, um, well, obviously, we understand who we're playing against, but we try to we try to take care of what we can on our end and focus on ourselves and not beating ourselves. But it's exciting. It's a big challenge. We're looking forward to it. But like I said, we're focused on Maryland and how we can be better each day. Now, Carlos, what do we need to know about you, man? This is our first opportunity to catch up with you. We, we don't even know your story, right? Like a kid from Alpharetta, Georgia. How'd you end up at Maryland to begin with, Carlos? <laughs> Um, they were the first school that offered me. Uh, I was a two-sport athlete in high school. They were the first school to offer me out of, out of either sport, football or basketball. Um, came up here and just loved the vibe, just loved the energy. And, yeah, it went from there. I mean, a lot of guys that, that weren't getting huge opportunities. I mean, you're a big 6'5 kid. I got to imagine there'd be plenty of places that would want to have you around. Why, why did you stick it out? Why did you decide that you wanted to stay here and continue to be here, even when maybe the opportunities weren't presenting themselves for you, I'm sure, the way that you wanted them to? Um, several reasons. Um, I think this is how I was raised, you know. I'm not, I don't really try to run from, from things. I knew I needed to improve on things, and I wanted to work on that. And then just just being a part of Maryland, I see where the trajectory of the program from where it was when I first got here, and it's something that I wanted to be a part of still as it continues to grow and yeah that's that's what really drove my decision i just wanted to see this program be successful and be a part of it i mean it's awesome it's, it's awesome to hear that that type of mentality that you're someone that want you're willing to go through some of those things how much do you feel like some of that has shaped you as not just a football player but maybe even as a man going through some of the trials and tribulations that you've been through and you know you know some tragedy within the program and coaching changes and a, the, the covid year that was so crazy how much do you feel like all of those things and sticking all of them out has helped shape you as a man? Um, it definitely shaped me. Um, I've learned a lot from all these all of these trials and tribulations. I've learned a lot. Um, yeah, it's been it's been it's been crazy. It's been a crazy ride. I'm glad I'm where I am right now. I'm just excited to keep working. Man, keep working and grinding. There's a lot more to do, right? Like there's a lot more in front of you. Another minute or two here with Carlos Carrier from the University of Maryland. Um, Carlos, with that in mind, obviously it's it's not just Penn State on Saturday. It's that chance to get a sixth win. When you talk about the trajectory of the program, I know uh, Coach Loxley said this week that you know like you're allowed to talk about it now because you're one win away. How big of a deal would that be for you guys to get bowl eligible? As as you talk about where this program is headed and needing to take that step in order to get there. Um, that's a that's a big that's a big step, a big goal. That's something that. I haven't done since I've been in this program, and that's another small reason why I chose this staff. Something I want to experience here as a Terp, and it's exciting. But right now, we just got to focus on ourselves, have a good practice today, carry it over into tomorrow, and then lock in mentally till Saturday. I mean, I love you. You're, you're saying all the right things, Carlos. I completely get it. You're saying all the right things, man. Hey, you know, who who is the guy that maybe, you know, in, in going through what you've been through and trying to scratch and get your chances – who are the guys that have meant the most to you that you've reached out to and, and maybe have helped you out and given you encouragement uh, along the road in order to get you to this place? Um, talk to a few guys. Family, family's always always been there, supportive. 
Um, J.C. Jackson's reached out a few times. I, I got to service him. I was a scout team player my freshman year. He, he's seen what I'm capable of. I'm just guys like that. Ty Johnson, Jake Funk, you know, just end of the day, family. We're a family, very family-oriented. But, yeah, just keep my head down and grinding and understanding who I am as a football player and as a human being. JC's an interesting one, right? Because in a way, maybe it's kind of a similar story. You know, he, he got more opportunities when he was at Maryland, but like coming out, no, nobody thought that JC Jackson was going to be the guy that he turned out to be, right? Like now he's going to be a guy that's He's about to get handed like a billion dollars in free agency. Like, yeah, absolutely. It, is it kind of a similar story for you that, that grind that you see the work he's had to put in when, when people didn't believe in him? Yeah, definitely. Definitely putting in work summers, winters, long days, staying later. Still doing that now. But yeah, I've had I've had great veterans since I was younger that I've been able to follow in their footsteps and really watch and learn and learn from. Really just watch their work ethic and try to imitate it. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. All right, Carlos Carrier. Uh, where can people be giving you follows uh, social media wise? What can we get plugs in for? Twitter, Instagram. Where can Maryland V fans be following you, Carlos? Um, Instagram, Carlos J. Carrier. <clears throat> um, Twitter, at Carlos72, that's two underscores. Two underscores. Yeah, Twitter, Instagram, that. I got profiles on there. You guys want to follow. That's awesome. Free. That's awesome, man. And before I let you go, Carlos, just a, just a thought on the relationship with, with Talia, right? Like, the, the what it takes in order to be someone that, that can be trusted like that. What's that meant to you, and, and how, much, how important was it for you to know that it's, it's reciprocated, that he's willing to throw you the ball in big spots? Oh, yeah, we're, we're great friends off the field. You know, we've, we've had many conversations. We've spent time, we've spent hours on the field throwing extra, all that stuff, watching film. We're just always on the same page. Right? He's a great person to be around, always, always believing, breathing confidence into me. And just, just overall cool guy, man. I really appreciate him. That's awesome. Friend. That's awesome, man. Carlos, so happy for you. What a great day it was. What a huge win it was. Man, may, may, may it be nothing but wins the rest of the way. May this be the moment that everything changes for you guys and uh, you do something special here down the stretch. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Best of luck Saturday against Penn State, all right? Thank you, guys. No problem. Carlos K. University of Maryland wide receiver. Massive game. I mean, that's a, that's a kind of crazy story. Someone who just was not getting opportunities five years in the program, just was not, you know, was was buried on the depth, depth chart. And in fairness, there have been a lot of really good wide receivers at the University of Maryland. Let's make that very clear. Um, that's part of the story. But, you know, a couple of injuries, Dante Demas goes down, Jayshon Jones goes down, they got to turn to somebody, and there's Carlos Carrier, and he's making huge plays. Obviously, it will not be easy as they face Penn State on Saturday, but it is worth pointing out, last time these teams got together, Maryland went to Penn State, albeit you know, an empty stadium at Penn State a year ago, and they won, and they put up points. The year before that, not the case whatsoever. I was at that game. It was one of the most unpleasant experiences. I actually went out and sat in the stands uh, with a buddy of mine who's a Penn State fan, and he found some other Penn State fans to sit around, and whoo, boy. That, that was brutal. That was the day that Loxley brought in all these top recruits. It was like there was, it was, it was the night that Friedgen was back. It, yeah, was, it was their homecoming, and, yeah. they, and they got blown out of the stadium. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it it was, was awful. brutal. But, again, a year ago, they turn around, they go up to Penn State, they win that game. It's, it's easily forgotten because so much of what happened in the COVID year was forgotten, but they did that. They went to Penn State and they won a year ago. Does that matter come Saturday? I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, 
you know, what happened against Ohio State. And I think it's more concerning now, like, looking at what happened against Iowa because it does not look like Iowa is nearly the team that we thought they were a few weeks ago. They they don't even seem to be all that good. I, I'm still not even – Maryland gave that game away, in, in my opinion. Well, yeah, I mean, they were, like, they were competitive for a little while. Everything ter- when, when Demas got hurt, mm. the, the totality of losing the ball in that situation as deep in their own territory as they did, and then Demas going down, yeah. it definitely seemed like everything – kind of came two, apart. Two were just staring down his receivers. Well, Talia, yeah, yeah. It's the other one. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, two Italian, is the one in Miami. Sorry, sorry. It's quite all right. I'm sure I'm it's not a, the first person No, it's a very mistake. common mistake that happened. It's a very common occurrence to uh, to, to make that mistake. Appreciate uh, Carlos Carrier checking in with us this morning here on GCR. Hey, today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Um, you asked me a question before today's show began, Paul. You said, are you planning on talking about Henry Ruggs? And I said, uh, not, not a lot. There's not really a lot to be said. It's just an awful, it's truly an awful situation. Yeah. Um, the Raiders released Henry Ruggs this morning after what happened, and that's probably the right thing to do. And Lord knows if Henry Ruggs is ever going to even be an option to play football again in the future. Um, there, you start with it's unthinkable, it's unfathomable, but I'm going to get to a, a story that I want to tell here in a second. And it's a story I've told before, um, but I'm going to tell it again. Um, it's just un, it's unfathomable that something like this could occur, and it's, it's horrendous. It's just ungodly tragic that something like this would happen. It's, it's very sad. Um, there, there's certainly, you know, there can be a sympathy versus empathy thing where you have sympathy for the victim, but empathy for someone... You can, you can certainly say, I, I don't think of Henry Ruggs the way I think of, you know... Joseph Palzinski or somebody like that. Like you can certainly say, I don't feel about Henry Ruggs the way that I do about other, you know, the, the Greg Hardy. Yeah. Well, I mean, Greg Hardy didn't didn't kill anyone, but he did yeah. awful things. Yeah. Like I'm I'm trying to think of specifically murderers. Um, I I can I can understand that, and there has certainly locally been a comparison made to the Ravens once upon a time being the team that was willing to to play and sign Dante Stallworth. Um, after he had um, been in a situation like this. I don't know what Henry Ruggs' football future might be, and it's something, frankly, that's not... Uh, spending any time on that right now is kind of an awful way to spend time. It could not be less relevant. At some point in the future, when you know, when the justice system is, has had their say, and, you know, whatever whatever you know civil issues he might have at some point in the future there might be a day where speaking about Henry Ruggs in football terms becomes relevant again like there there might be the day where that becomes a thing but that day is not today it's not relevant today there's real life tragedy that exists in this moment that that's what's relevant and the victim is what matters Henry Ruggs football future could not possibly matter less um, I have told you guys before, when I was 24 years old, I got a DUI, and it seriously impacted my life. I mean, I got it when I was living in Arizona, which was the worst possible state in the country to get a DUI, and I had to serve 10 days in jail 
that's what happens in Arizona. I don't know if it's still the case because this was 2007 when this occurred, so I don't know what the rules are in Arizona today. But in 2007, your first DUI, you got 10 days in jail. I had to serve 10 days in jail. It's an even longer story than that, but that's not the relevant part, so I'm not going to share that with you. Um, It impacted my life in serious ways, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me that I got arrested that night because I shouldn't have been behind the wheel of a car. I could have killed someone. I could have killed myself. I could have killed a lot of people. And I don't know. In, I mean, I, I don't. I, I don't know enough to know just what I, I haven't looked back to see what the reading was for Henry Ruggs. I don't know. I'm not comparing myself to Henry Ruggs. I'm telling you a story of why this is so important. If I could find who the officers were that arrested me that night, I would send them a thank you. Because it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because I didn't kill anyone that night. Because instead, I just had to serve jail time. Because instead, I just had to pay fines. Instead, I just had to give up my license for a while. Instead, I had to blow into a machine in order to be able to work my way back. And instead, I never did it again. Ever. And I don't say that to try to be overdramatic about it or to make it seem like I'm a better person because I'm not. I should have never gotten in a vehicle that night. Ever. I could have killed someone. I know that. And somebody, you know, you could say, there's a lot of circumstances where you could kill someone by accident. Stop. I, with my own recklessness, could have been that person. And I am grateful to this day that I was arrested that night. And that I got another chance to get my S together and understand that that's not the way that I should live my life. And I've told you guys that story. And I tell it for two reasons. It's because, one, I do not downplay the seriousness of something like this or any DUI. Any DUI, you could have killed someone that night. I don't downplay the seriousness of it. I don't dismiss it. I don't say it's no big deal. I know it's not no big deal. But the second part of it is I can also have a human understanding because I've been there. What does it all mean? I don't know. It means, one, I was lucky that I got arrested. I was lucky that someone was there to get me off the street. And I'm grateful for that to this day. Period. Point blank. And I didn't understand that the next morning when I woke up. I was an idiot. I was a child. It took a few years for me to really like sit down and say, what the, what the F was I thinking? And you can say, well, yeah, but you weren't a professional athlete. It's professional. Stop that. You're not in your right mind. Which is part of the problem, clearly. We have these conversations. We try to, well, you should have, make sure you have someone who's a driver. You have so much to lose. I, yes, yes. But those of us who don't have that type of money should also do the same. We should know better. We should understand we don't do that. And we still don't. 
this this notion that suddenly you should be smarter because you make more money, it's I'd like to think we've got the evidence that we know better than that. It's a horrendous, horrible thing. It is awful. And Henry Ruggs is not a victim in any way, in the same way that I was not a victim the night that I got into a car. But it's still awful on every level. And there are other problems that exist throughout our country We don't do enough to try to prevent drunk driving. We don't do enough. This is this thing that goes beyond us making our own decisions. We need to do that. We need to take accountability for our own decisions. But it would be nice if it was coupled with other options. It would be nice if it was coupled with there being some forward thinking within from lawmakers to say we want there to be bars and we are benefiting the alcohol industry we bend over backwards for the alcohol industry and we don't consider the ramifications of that and there can be both things it can both be it's on us it's our responsibility as humans to make these decisions but for protecting like the greater good there are certain things that can be done offering places where people could leave their vehicle overnight instead of having to pay $500 to get their car out of impound because they were drunk and didn't want to leave it in the garage they parked in. Things like that would be good things for us to think about as a society. Again, this isn't specifically related to Henry Ruggs. This is like related to society and the way that we function. I get it. It's on us to choose not to drink and drive, period. Period, it's on us. But there could be other things that could be done to help aid those decisions. And in the end, protect the lives of innocent victims like this, this young person who lost their life last night, or the night before, I guess it was. Everyone should be a bit more forward-thinking when it comes to this. I, 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 I don't, there's not a take to have. It's just awful. It's just awful. All of it. All of it is awful. Um, I'm glad you just shared that story. I never knew that about you. And I had a very similar situation several years ago where I got arrested and I, was, I had to do four weekends in, in jail. And it was, it was one of the worst moments of my life. But I'll tell you what, it has never happened again and it never will happen again. Um, the difference between us and a lot of other people is that we got caught. And a lot of other people. Oh, yeah, there's plenty of people that absolutely know that they could have, 100%. And a lot of people aren't getting caught. And people, and like you said to me earlier during one of the breaks, you can you can go to a brewery and have three beers and feel like you're fine, and you're not. Three craft beers is a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you're not fine. And all it takes is you getting pulled over, you making a turn without stopping fully at a red light, and something something bad happens, you know. And it, it just it sucks that something like what happened with Henry Ruggs has to happen to get us talking about it. We need to be talking about it more. Like you said, there needs to be preventative measures. And it's and yes, I, it, I don't know what it those starts are. with personal accountability. And I want to make that very clear. It starts with personal accountability. It starts with if I'm going out somewhere where I might be drinking, I need to have a plan in place ahead of time. The answer's not, well, I'll stop drinking an hour earlier and maybe I'll have sobered up by then. That's not the answer. It starts with personal accountability. It starts with the ability to say, if I'm driving, I'm not going to drink, period. But addiction is real. This is a disease. And we have to, as a society, deal with the fact that personal accountability isn't being taken. 
And instead of continuing to allow innocent lives to be lost, we should be more proactive as a whole in trying to encourage people not to drink and drive. It's not a sermon. It's just a thought. Um, I'll get to some of the other things. Uh, By the way, there is big news. Um, Tom Pelissero, the reporter, Aaron Rodgers has tested positive for COVID. He is out for the Chiefs game, which is a real bummer for the big game of the week, um, or one of the big games of the week. It's actually a pretty good week of games. Um, That's a huge bummer uh, from a football perspective because it's Aaron Rodgers that we're talking about. Um, It's just a bummer uh, because it's Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, and even if the Chiefs are down a little bit, it's something that we're going to sit around and watch. It's just the reality of it. So um, that's a bummer. And, yeah, Brian, I'll get to the playoff rankings here in a bit. I promise I'll bring that up. Um, We're winding down hour number one of today's program. Uh, Don't forget that the Project Game Day returns this Sunday. Uh, for the Baltimore-Minnesota matchup, I'll be with you at halftime. The NFL chick Sarita Hubbard joins me postgame. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports for both shows. PressBoxOnline.com slash radio for the postgame show. It's all brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football, as well as Glory Days Grill and also Window Nation. Mark Turgeon, scheduled to join us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Mike Ashley dives in on 20 seasons for Brenda Freeze as the head coach of the Maryland women's basketball team as she looks back but also looks forward. Plus, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from every D1 program in the area. And the very first Baltimore interview with Elijah Green, the son of former Raven Eric Green, who could well be the Orioles' pick with the number one spot in next year's MLB draft. Press Box is available for free at over 500 areas locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com what's up everybody this is Taz bowser i can't wait to see you guys for the Taz bowser show this fall we're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area you can meet me and my very special guests if you can't make it out you can watch the show on live on pressbox facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Ties Bowser Show. The next Ties Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 16th at Mother's in Timonium. It's brought to you by Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mmm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Hey, it's KZ. The Press Box Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, facebook.com slash pressboxsports or pressboxonline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Press Box Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Friday night, uh, exhibition for the University of Maryland basketball team. They welcome Fayetteville State before the season opens next Tuesday against Quinnipiac. Joining us now, he is, of course, the head coach of the Terrapins. He's Coach Mark Turgeon, and he's back with us here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's always great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. You bet. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Everything's all right. Uh, if I could start, you know, I referenced the Friday night, and then you guys have four games in the first, you know, a week and a half at home. Can you put into words what it's going to be like for you just to be back in front of a building that's full of people, and it's going to feel like college basketball again after everything that your program and, you know, clearly everybody in the country has been through over the course of the last year and a half? Yeah, it'll be great. You know, we've been able to go to some sporting events, obviously, football games around here and different sports and um it's been great to be a part of that but it's going to be even more special obviously in our own building uh starting friday night and it's really great as our students have really uh we have four thousand student tickets per game and we're already you know which we never do this time of year uh fayetteville state we've the students have picked up over four thousand tickets um in our first four home games after that uh, you know, we're way over 4,000. I think they're going to try to move up even to 6,000, let 6,000 students in. So, you know, there's two classes here, freshman and sophomore classes, never been to a basketball event. And uh, so everybody's excited. And we've got a fun team, so it'll be good to, to rope these students in early and uh, have them with us all season. All right, so, you know, we're selfish in Baltimore. It means more to us when there are Baltimore kids involved. It's just the way that it goes. You know, we're, we're all territorial. Yep. I'm sure you understand that. And when it was Jalen and Daryl, it meant a lot. And now there's a couple more Baltimore kids that have arrived. Can can you give us an idea of um, how much we might see Ike and, and Julian and how much they've impressed you in, in the lead-up to this season? Yeah, both great kids. Glad to have them. You know, Baltimore's been a great city for us. We've been able to keep some kids home, and they've had great success here for us. So we expect the same out of Juju and Ike. So uh, Juju's probably a little bit further along. Uh, Juju's um you know he's a good player he's really practiced well he's been coachable um really worked hard uh got his body right he's changed his body uh, and uh can do a lot of things so he's been impressive he's got that baltimore toughness uh to him so uh he, he's been good i same thing he's had a great summer he's changed his body he's worked really hard had a good fall um we're really kind of loaded at the wing position, it'll be a little bit harder for Ike sure. to, to see as many minutes this year. Uh, but he's a guy we really like, and you never know what's going to happen. You know, two or three months from now or one month from now, you never know. But he's working hard. We're really 
what a great they're both great kids and and they both love it here and we're excited about both of them mark you you know you guys obviously went into the, the transfer portal and were able to find a couple of pretty key pieces can can you take me through you know obviously in a perfect world you have players in your program for a long time you know a couple of years you get them indoctrinated the nature of college basketball now is these guys come in you got to get them ready, you know, in a, in a in a hurry and connected with these players. Can you kind of walk me through what that's like, sort of sort of rushing the process a little bit to get ready for a season with guys that come in from other places like Fats and and Cutis Waha? Well, it is what it is. It's 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 today's world. And you know, when I first got into coaching, you'd be like, oh, we're going to be good for the next two or three years. You don't ever think that way anymore. Um, you think one one year at a time, get to be the best you can possibly be. Right. Uh, that particular year and then worry about the following year when the season ends. So, um, yeah, it's different. Um, we were, we were very fortunate in the transfer portal this year. We got some really good players that are coming in that are, you know, all going to be a part of the rotation. Um, you know, it starts with trying just to recruit good kids from good families. Uh, I think that's the biggest part. We, we were able to do that. So that helps the chemistry and the transition. Um, but also, when guys have played at this level for two years or three years or four years even, in Fats's case, they know what it takes. Um, they know how important each practice is. They know how important each possession is. Um, they know how important each game is. So they're further along than a lot of the incoming freshmen. They just understand uh, what college basketball is about. So we were fortunate. Got some really good players, some really good kids. Our chemistry is off the charts. Um, you know, guys really like each other, and, and it'll show when we play. I think the, the fans will see that this group really gets along and really relies on each other to be successful. He's Maryland basketball coach Mark Turgeon. Again, the exhibition is Friday night against Fayetteville State, and then the season opener next Tuesday against Quinnipiac. Coach, the uh, the relationship, you know, you, when we talk about Fats, the fact that, you know, he is obviously he knows uh, Dante Scott so well, how significant has that been? Have you, have you noticed that translating as they've gotten back together here? Yeah, that that was big, and it's one of the reasons he chose here, Akeem Hart. Um, you know, Big Q is a guy that spent some time in the Philadelphia area before he moved to Virginia, so okay. they kind of all knew each other, and, 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 and that helps you. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's funny because um, Fats was kind of the older classman when Dante was in high school, and, and, and uh, you know, now he's a fifth-year guy and Dante's a junior, but it's kind of, you know, it's kind of Dante's team with Eric Ayala, so – uh, Fats understands that, but, um, you know, Dante's come a long way since those days in high school where they won two state championships together. But, uh, yeah, they get along great. They they know each other's games. They motivate each other. They, you know, they're on the same page. And uh, it's been great. I mean, all of them. And Fats is such a great kid. You know, Eric Eric loves playing with him. It's been a great transition for Eric Ayala, too. So, uh, you know, Fats is a lot of fun to watch. Fan base is going to fall in love with him. He's you know, he's a little guy, but he can really get a lot of things done. So he, he's been – I knew he was good, but he's even been better than I thought. Wow. And uh, he's been fun to coach. Uh, I, our buddy Patrick Stevens was telling us the other day that when he saw you guys practice, the guy that really jumped off the page to him was Akeem Hart and mentioned that, you know, like at, at this point his size and what he might be able to do and, and sort of playing at the top defensively uh, could be a real difference maker. What can you tell us about Hakeem and, and maybe the way that his game or his body has changed coming into this season? Yeah, everybody runs the race at a different pace. And, you know, Hakeem got to play a lot last year, which was good for him. And he is 
he always thought he loved the game, but he's really fallen in love with it. And he comes to practice every day and works hard. Um, and it's, it's a passion now. It's not a job. And um, you can see that with kids. When you can you can tell when you coach players, and it's like, oh boy, it's a, I got to go to practice today. Or guys that just can't wait to get to practice. And Akeem's to that point now in his life. He put on about 15 pounds of muscle wow. over the summer. He doesn't look the same. Um, shots better. His confidence is better. Uh, he's playing off the ball now. We'll still put the ball in his hands because he's so good with it. But I think you'll see a much better score and a much better facilitator uh, than he was at point guard because. It just was so much work for him to get us into our offense uh, in the past, and and uh, and he's become a better defender. So yeah, we're excited about Akeem. You know, the, him and Dante have really improved. Eric's really improved. Those guys have to improve, um, and they and they all did. They all had great you know spring, summers, and falls. So they they're all better players. You know, you you mentioned those guys, and I get that the, the freshmen and and the transfers weren't a part of it. But for the guys that were, you know, the guys that you just mentioned. Getting that win over UConn in the NCAA tournament, a, a really a serious program, a, a kind of a statement win, do you get a sense for what that meant for them and, and maybe what that means going forward, right? Like taking that next step, which I know, you know comes up all the time for you guys as a program. Do you get a sense for what that meant for them to get a win like that and the belief that they have in building off of that and what, what could be done this season? Well, I think it was big just for our program. I mean, we didn't have the pieces we normally have, and we had played in the best league in the country, we felt. And, um, you know, it was just good for us to battle through all that and never give up yeah. and to win a game and, and to win it you know, kind of easily because uh, we really defended well in that game. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that was really good for us, and I think it gave everybody confidence that, you know, Really, six of the last seven years, we've been an NCAA tournament team. We've won a game, I think, every year but one uh, in the tournament uh, during that stretch. So uh, it was good. And, um, you know, some of these guys that are transferring in haven't been in the NCAA tournament, so it'll be new for them. But they, they, they see the culture that we have here, the culture of work, the culture of winning, um, culture of discipline, and they fit right into it. And uh, I'm really proud of our culture and what we've established here. Uh, it took a few years for us to get it to where we got it now, and and uh, it's fun. It kind of runs itself, and and there's a standard. There's a standard set by Gary Williams and previous teams, lefties teams, to be great. And we have a standard of the way we act, the way we perform, the way we work. And uh, you know, we expect to be, we expect to win, and we expect to be great. We don't always get as far as we want to get uh, at the end of the season, but we're we're always trying to get to that point. And um, this team's got a chance to. To be have a, you know a great regular season and hopefully they're good enough to we come together that we can put a postseason run together. Mark, is that something you guys talk about? That standard that you just referenced to, or, or you know you just can only talk about Quinnipiac? It's just sort of known, right? Like, do you guys openly talk about that type of thing? Like, this is who we expect to be as a program? Absolutely, and we do it in recruiting. And it, you have to be a certain kid. You got to love basketball to come here. You got to want to work on your game. You want to get better. We're not signing the five stars, you know. Um, I think we've had two, maybe three, five stars since I've been here. We signed a lot of fours and threes. Dante sure. was a three star, and now he's on, you know, crap boards. So it's about work, it's about getting better, um, and uh, you know that's that's what we do. And our and we talk about it a lot. And for having a bad practice, I was like, this isn't Maryland standards. This isn't what we do. Hmm. We win here, and we and we're used to winning. And I think that's what carried us through last year. Um, it was just 
tradition of Maryland basketball um, that, hey, we got a responsibility here. We're four and seven in the league, but we got to turn this thing around. And the guys did it. And I think it was just the tradition and history that helps us do it. I know I need to let you go here in a minute. It's just two things I wanted to get to if I could before. I I, I saw you tweet about Jalen last week, and I know that he's gotten a lot of criticism. I got to tell you, Mark, I'm – I worked. I, we never had a team here in Baltimore growing up, and I moved to Phoenix uh, for my, one of my first jobs in radio, and I fell in love with the Mar- Mike D'Antoni era Suns. It was just a great time to be around basketball. So I maintain being a Suns fan, and it's frustrating for me because you know I'm, it's Jalen's a Baltimore kid. I'm rooting like hell for him. Um, how how surprised were you by that? And and how much do you think people are sort of missing the boat that like Jalen, if he gets more of an opportunity, is is gonna be a really good player? I'm extremely disappointed for Jalen. He is a terrific basketball player um, and an even better kid. He just needs a chance. And obviously it's not going to work down there. Um, You know, I just hope that they'll let the kid go or let him move on or whatever they have to do to, so he can, he can start playing. And we've already wasted one year and they were really good last year. And he twists his ankle and he had COVID early and I get it, but he had a great summer league. Every time he gets in the game, he looks terrific. And I sound like a dad right now, <laughs> I understand. But uh, he just needs a chance. So hopefully he's going to get that chance somewhere if it's not Phoenix uh, soon. And then speaking of being a dad, so I, I have a bunch of jobs. And one of them, I, I, I call some games uh, locally for Stevenson University. And they're opening the season against Catholic. And I'm looking at the roster, and I, there was a name that was missing on there. Uh, can, yeah. you t- can you tell me about what's going on with Will um, and, and where things have taken him at this point? Yeah, we had to shut Will down. He had double hip surgery, torn labrum in each hip. Um, yeah, poor kid. So we shut him down at the end of his sophomore year and uh, didn't play last year during COVID, and we just decided we weren't going to do it. He's been a normal student. He's loving it. He's going to graduate from Catholic in May, and, and um, he misses it. I miss watching him play, but his body just had other plans for him. So um, so he's moved on from you, you think he's the type that might uh, want to be a coach at some point? I've tried really hard to talk him out of it. So, um, you know, I've been fortunate to get where I am. And yeah. He didn't see the grind of, you know, what I did growing up and to get to where I am now. So he's a much smarter kid than me. So he's getting a business degree from Catholic. Yeah. And, and we'll see. It doesn't mean he's not going to coach. We don't know yet. But um, he would be a great one. Um, he really has a great feel. and he's, he's really good at teaching. I've watched him do it at camps and different things. But uh I want him to kind of live a different life, but we'll see. It's going to be his decision in the end, but we're just trying to get through college right now, and we'll figure out what's best for him. Uh, Friday night against Fayetteville State for the exhibition and the opener next Tuesday night. At Coach Turgeon on Twitter is how you follow him. Mark Turgeon, appreciate you taking the time for us. Best of luck. Look forward to chatting with you as the season goes on. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Mark Turgeon, Maryland basketball coach, checking in with us again uh, right as they get ready to start the season. Um, you know, a lot of expectations. That's a good thing. That's the type of thing that you want for a program. What you really want for a program is obviously for that to pan out at the end of the year. And, you know, that's the reality. For That's, this, that's the story of the Mark Turgeon era of Maryland basketball. And I, it's almost the point where I, I hate to keep talking about it because I, I, I want it to be something different. I want it to be that, you know, th- this doesn't have to continue to be the thing that we discuss every year, which is... When somebody said, I did a hit, um, I do a regular hit on a radio station in Kansas City. And I'm just sort of, they do it like an around the country type of thing. And they bring in various people. And I'm their Baltimore guy. And they brought up 
you know, Maryland when I was on last time, and they said, you know, ex- a lot of excitement back in the top 25, and I was like, yeah, unfortunately, the reality for this program right now is tell me where you are in March. And and that's just the feel. I think all of us know that, right? Like, oh, you, Maryland's going to be good again. Okay. Are they going to be good again when it matters? And you hate to be so cold, and somebody would say, hey, you should be able to enjoy the ride a little bit more. We were talking about this yesterday with Pete Gilbert in relation to the Ravens. But that's the reality. The reality is, great, great. You think the team's good. Wonderful. Are they going to be good in the NCAA tournament? That's the reality. And, you know, they know that. He alludes to what it meant for them to get the win over UConn a year ago. And that was a good thing, right? Like, it was a very positive thing. They They couldn't turn around and then beat Alabama the next time out. And that was the first win over, um, you know, uh, a major program in the NCAA tournament in the Turgeon era. Hopefully, that was a statement. And look, this team absolutely has the pieces. Let's make that abundantly clear. On paper, they've got all the pieces to be a team that can be make a run come NCAA tournament time. But that's a long way away. And you got to be getting better as the season goes on, and you got to be playing your best basketball by the time you get there. And that's the one thing that's been missing for Maryland basketball so far. Hopefully, that this is the year where it changes. I, you know, can I guarantee that? Of course not. So when when we were kids, and we're about the same age, yes. when, when we were kids, Maryland was perennially top fifteen. Well, that's what Mark Curzon just alluded top, to the, the, the standard that Gary Williams set right for right. Maryland basketball, and that finally culminated in a. Uh, national championship yep. in 2002. Yep. So at this point, we're like, get into the tournament, win a game, win two games, right? Are we are we kind of where the, we are with the Ravens, where it's like, you've been there, you've won a game, you need to go further. Well, I, mean, I think, need, I think you, we've always been there. I think since the program got to that point, and a lot of people pointed out, well, like, hey, look at where the program was in the years following the national championship, and even that's not fair. Like, they still made a Sweet 16 run, and they still mm-hmm. won the ACC tournament after that. Like... Yes, the last couple of years, if you consider the fact that you know they got they got uh, daggered by Corey Lucius in that game against Michigan State in the NCAA tournament, what that team might have done, if not for that, I don't know. You can absolutely point out that like the last couple of years didn't continue that standard. Sure. But once they got there, that was the expectation, and it's also because it's a pro town. There's a lot of reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's just a lot of distractions. There's a lot of things going on. You know, here we're paying attention to the Ravens and D.C., I guess, hockey season, or I don't know, the Wizards have been actually pretty good this year. Um, Certainly not football season down there, there's for sure. (laughs) But there's just other things that are going on. So there's one thing that matters. What happens at the end of the year? And that's that's the reality of the circumstances. You know, you can't be frustrated. As a program, you wish that people were more inclined. And and Mark Turgeon points out the students are excited. That's a good thing. And, you know... They're they're, it's not, they're not big time games to start the season. Um, Virginia Tech will be a good one. That'll be a really good one in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. That should have a huge crowd. Um, you know, George Washington, George Mason, kind of local rivalries. So like, there'll be people that'll make the trip. You know, like it'll probably be pretty good crowds for those games. But like the Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech game should be a, a mob scene. Like it should be an absolute packed house, and, and people should be into it. Um, but the answer will continue to be, you know, like, what What about when we get to the end of the year? What about the NCAA tournament? How is it going to be different this time? Like, that will continue to be what the majority of fans will say. And you can't you can't skip ahead. That's not the way that it works. We, I can't tell you that. We're not there yet. I think a lot of people think that because I bring this up, it means that I don't like Mark Turgeon. That's not, I've made that abundantly clear. I, I, 
Mark Turgeon's a decent person who's run a, a good, respectable program, and those are all good things. It's just this all comes down to the NCAA tournament. Everything comes down in college basketball and major college basketball. You're defined by what you do in the postseason, and that's the part that's missing. You can't get around that. They've won good regular season games. They've proven they can go beat good teams. A year ago, they, they turned their season around by going and doing that. They, they, kept, they built a resume by going and beating good teams in the regular season on the road. They can do that. The one thing that continues to linger is the NCAA tournament. And the Big Ten tournament, too. They haven't really done anything there. But, like, that continues to linger. And it's got to change at some point. Like, I mean, it, it's got to change, period. The Tyus Bowser Show will be back on November 16th. We are going to be at Mother's in Timonium for the next Tyus Bowser Show. We are going to be raising food items for Harvest of Hope to take care of people that need it this uh, Thanksgiving season. What we're asking you to do is bring gift cards to uh, Wise and to Giant that night, the Mother's in Timonium, November 16th, for the next Tyus Bowser Show. You can find out more by going to great8smemorabilia.com with the number 8. Pressboxonline.com slash Bowser for more about the show and the schedule. But that night, Tyus is going to bring out a special guest. I've heard rumor. Maybe guests. Maybe. Maybe. Can't say that with certainty yet, but we're working on that uh, for what's going to be a special night at Mother's in Timonium. And please bring gift cards to Wise and, and Giant so that we can get them to Harvest of Hope to take care of people that need it in our community for Thanksgiving. When we come back in, Drew Forrester is going to join us. We'll uh, talk about what the Ravens did not do. I need to get into Would You Rather Wednesday, so we'll do that with Drew as well. It's all coming up. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy their award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings, or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $6.99 burgers on Mondays and $5.99 nachos on Thursdays. And watch football on their big screens every Monday, Thursday, and Sunday. Dine in and let us serve you, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com. And take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever trucks need room to stop don't cut it close brought to you by the maryland department of transportation state highway administration the biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common you've heard them on jobbing out matt and nick jackson the young bucks thanks for having us man appreciate it the great kurt angle thanks for having me on the show i appreciate it matt riddle yeah man thanks man. the champ drew mcintyre Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at pressboxonline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But 
Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second-chance cash in Ravens prizes. I love you more than snowballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Once again this season, PressBox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts like the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash Radio. Pressbox's Project Game Day, every game day, presented by Glory Days Grill and Window Nation. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash Sports and try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. All right, back in here on GCR. There's all this uh, drama because apparently the reason why Aaron Rodgers we know is going to be out for the game is because he's not vaccinated. I saw that. Which makes no bloody sense. I don't know why Aaron Rodgers would do that. It's the same thing I said about Lamar Jackson. Like, you're putting yourself in this position that you could let your team down. That's that's just the reality. You, you have whatever opinions you want to have about it, but from a football standpoint, you're potentially letting your team down. Um, now there's a bunch of drama because apparently during a press conference he was asked about it and he straight up said, I've been immunized. So, like, everybody's saying, well, he's just lying. I, I guess maybe there there could be a, a weird um, definition quirk there where, like, if you had COVID before, you could say you were immunized versus being vaccinated and, like, legally speaking, be correct. I don't know. It's It's way over the top. I do think it's interesting. I got a message from uh, Dan, and I had brought this up once before. Dan said, and I, it's a good callback. Dan said, remember a few months back you asked about the scenario by which Aaron Rodgers got hurt for a few weeks and Jordan Love played well and what the Packers might do at the end of the year. I remember you and Jeremy were talking about what Aaron Rodgers might do, and Jeremy said he thinks he's just going to stay with the Packers. Do you wonder if seeing Jordan Love and he looks good could end up being what makes the Packers' decision? Potentially, yeah. I mean, if, if Aaron Rodgers misses this game, and let's just say I don't, I don't know if there's a reason why he'd miss another one, but let's just say he does, and Jordan Love steps in and plays really well, that could be the impotence for the Packers to say, you know, yeah, we're ready to make the move, and and we're gonna trade him. Remember, the Packers still hold a lot of the cards here. I've, I brought that up a bunch of times that people are forgetting about when we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. That the agreement, he's not a free agent. They still have the right to make the decision they want to make here. And it could be significant what happens while Aaron Rodgers doesn't play. Well, yeah, and you're talking about how it's not going to be Aaron Rodgers versus Mahomes now, but it's going to be Jordan Love versus Mahomes. And I think that makes the game even more compelling because you're going to see. It's not more compelling, but it's interesting. Yeah, right. Like it, Aaron Rodgers is always more compelling. He's Aaron Rodgers. But it is it's compelling nonetheless. It is very interesting, interesting to see yep. Jordan Love and what he can do. I'm I'm actually still very excited to watch this game. All right, today's show also brought to you by the Baltimore Ravens. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single-game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. Is he there? Are we good? Yeah, we got him. Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com. What's up with you, man? How are you? Hmm? Are we good, though? Yeah, I, are we I, good? Is, uh, is the uh, the mic that we got to make sure we have the right sound input on uh, Zoom to make sure that works, make sure all that's good. Ah, and we'll see if we can't figure that out here in one second. In fact, uh, uh, Paul, why don't you let me take a look uh, for a second? 
and tell everybody, ooh, you know what? While I do that, I'll have you tell everybody about the Pressbox Fantasy Football Show, which I hear is back tomorrow. So you go ahead and do that while I take a look. Ah, yes. Join us every Thursday at 11.30 a.m. for the Pressbox Fantasy Football Show with Ken Zalas. KZ will help you set your lineups and find deep sleepers that might still be on your waiver wire to help you win your matchups. It's all brought to you by CCBC and Glory Days Grill. That's the Pressbox Fantasy Football Show with Ken Zalas every Thursday at 11.30 a.m. Watch at Facebook.com slash Sports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Drew, just make sure you're not muted, and if uh, you're not, then uh, I'm going to just have uh, Paul call you here in a second because I can't figure out what's going on, and I don't have the time in order to fix it, unfortunately. So uh, we can uh, keep dragging this out. But, uh, Drew, as long as you're not muted, then we will... Uh, it says he's muted. Ah, Drew, unmute yourself. Unmute yourself. Now it says he's not. Okay, you there? Okay, I don't know. All right, we'll call you. That's what we're going to do. Just go ahead and give uh, Drew a call, and we'll figure that out. And there's nothing we can do. We can, uh, we'll figure it out tomorrow. But get, call Drew. Just go ahead and do that. All right. Um, uh, quickly, uh, Brian Powell wanted to know my thoughts on the college football playoff thing. I, I, it's exactly what I expected. It's it, utterly and completely what I expected. There's no other way for me to say it. I, I, um, I don't. This is the part that we don't want to acknowledge. I don't know if inherently they're wrong. I don't really know if Cincinnati is one of the four best teams in the country. I don't. Should they be in the playoff if they go undefeated? I think they should. But I don't I don't know. I can't say that with certainty. And that's the part of the conversation that we don't want to have because we're rooting for Cincinnati. We like the little guy to be there. But do I know which, with certainty that Cincinnati is one of the four best teams in the country? Absolutely not. Do I know with certainty that if they go undefeated, they're going to be in the – nope, not at all. And the part of it that's awkward, I don't know that. This is why in an eight-team playoff it's important that it's protected that one of the group of five teams gets in. Now, part of the problem is that Cincinnati will no longer be a part of the group of five. They're going to move into a power conference because they're going to go to the Big 12. But it's important. I can't say with certainty, but I think they should be in. The job of the committee is to put the four best teams in, and I get it. The, all the conspiracy theorists are going to say they'll never let Cincinnati in. They're always going to put the big conference teams in. I completely understand that, and you're probably right. But I also can't say with certainty that they're not also doing the job because I don't know that Cincinnati is better than these other teams are. I don't know that. And none of us do. We just want Cincinnati to be there because we want to believe that everybody's got a shot. It's the reality of the circumstances. Drew Forrester, Drew's Morning Dish. Let's try this again. We're going to just do it over the phone this morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? <laughs> Kyle's got to be dying laughing somewhere. Uh, well, I mean, I think he's actually dead is the problem. Like, he's he's dying. But he's dead. Is I mean, where it is. I don't. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Who knows? He's got to be. I don't he know is. that. It, I don't know that it's not your fault for what it's worth. What? Oh, it's definitely not my fault. Yeah. What? Is Paul wearing a turban? I didn't even. I don't. Oh, he's wearing, he's wearing, wearing a hat. What do you mean he's wearing a turban? He's got a backwards hat on. What are you doing? Uh, what is what is your bit today? <laughs> oh, I don't. I, I'm just asking. I, I saw him and he looked like he was wearing a turban. I'm like, what? Uh, anyway, Christ. All right, what's happening? So, what are you? What yeah. are you mad about? Yeah, you, know, you sound like you're mad. I'm not mad. I, I, I'm not mad at all. I think a lot of people are mad about the Cincinnati thing with the college football playoff. I, I genuinely don't know if Cincinnati's one of the four best teams in the country. Like, I don't, I, I, I don't know I do. That. How do you know that? I do. They've played nobody. 
Well, no, they played Notre Dame. They beat Notre Dame. Okay, they played Notre Dame, and Notre Dame is a half of somebody. Well, and that, but it's part of the problem, right? Like, I don't really know how good Notre Dame is, but the... You Cincinnati know. is... Hey, you can say whatever you want. They're not losing to Duke. Cincinnati is not going to play... They're not playing in the playoffs. Cincinnati would get clobbered by these real teams. Um, I, I they would get clobbered. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not joining you there. I'm not joining oh, you there. I mean, come are on. you saying if they play Alabama? Yeah, I think they get clobbered by Alabama. If they played any of those real if, teams, if they, they play, would get I, clobbered. I utterly disagree with you in terms of Oklahoma. If, they, if Oklahoma is the number two team in the country and Cincinnati plays Oklahoma, I don't know that at all. Oklahoma, I don't think. Oklahoma don't nearly think. lost to Kansas two weeks ago. I don't think Oklahoma's going to get in there either. Well, I don't know if they're going to get in there or not, but at the moment, they are. So if what okay. you're saying is Cincinnati would get their ass handed in by Alabama or Georgia, I probably agree with you about that. I don't think that anybody right now is going to beat Alabama or Georgia, but I don't think Cincinnati's any different than Michigan State in that way. If Cincinnati played Michigan State this week, I don't know who would win that game. I, I genuinely don't. Well, I do. No, you don't. You're just saying that. You're just saying things for the sake of saying them. Just, just telling you, just Cincinnati is not Cincinnati's not beating anybody of note. They're just not. Okay. I mean, they, they did beat Notre Dame, and you're just sort of moving past that. You're just pretending like that's not a thing. They, they went to South Bend and beat Notre Dame. That, that happened. USC didn't beat Notre Dame, did they? Uh, they did not. Correct. I don't it's think a, Notre Dame's all that good either. I don't, anyway. I don't think they are either. I don't think they are either. Um, what do you think about the Ravens not doing anything? Um, well, I mean, you know what they're, you know what they're doing, right? They're they're basically saying, we we did make some moves. We're getting three players yeah, but, back. But that's nonsense. I mean, let's let's cut I, the crap. I know. Let's, let's I, actually I understand it. it, but I also don't think, like, I, I don't, I don't, I would agree with them on this. And I'm not saying this is necessarily what they said, but like, if we can only get C plus or B minus guys, we're we're better off just sticking with our C minus guys and trying to make and trying to get Lamar to run for a hundred yards a game. Like don't go get a scrub. Just like the, everybody's making a big deal about the chiefs getting this guy Ingram. That guy's not good. They're not going to, they're not all of a sudden going to go 11 and yeah, so six. They're, because they're, they're not, well, they're not going to have a good defense because Melvin Ingram. Correct. Up. I agree like, with that. So I, I mean, and it doesn't appear like, I mean, I could be wrong, but it doesn't appear like there was really, there was a, there weren't any great running backs available. It's not like the Cowboys were trying to get rid of Ezekiel Elliott. Like, I just don't know who was out there. And I'm and I, and now there could be an argument they could have they could have tried to get a rush end, or they could have tried to get another linebacker, or they could have tried to get another offensive tackle. But I think everyone was just presupposing that running back would be there. You know, was going to be the one thing they would look after and or try to go get. And I. I just don't think there was anybody out there, honestly, that was really well, all and, and all that, that good. It, look, we'll never know the answer, right? Like because they can't be honest about this type of situation because they got to play the players that they have. If if they made a decision because they just couldn't, they tried. They went out there and said, "Look, we wanted to get Marlon Mack, but the Colts wouldn't trade him to us because they think they might have to play us in the postseason, or they think that we might be competing for a wild card spot, so we couldn't do it." If that's the answer, that's the answer, and I get that. The only issue I would have is if their answer is. We think we can get by with these guys, and that's where I would say the f you can't. Like the, the, 
we, we've watched these guys. They can't do anything. Their running backs aren't good enough. And right. this is insane. Like, you can't win a Super Bowl without getting some sort of production from a running back. I know that because I did the li- I looked through the list. No one has. You can't win a Super Bowl without getting some kind of production from your running backs. And I've just seen nothing that makes me think that these guys can be that. It's... I, I would say that that's the biggest challenge they face as you watch – you know, as you watch the games, and 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 the reason I would say that is I don't, I don't think they're. This sounds so crazy to say about the Ravens, right? You feel like you're going to break out in hives. They're not beating anybody with their defense. And I know they had a one-off, kind of had a magical day against the Chargers. You can, you can, you know, that could have been the LA to Baltimore thing. It just could have been. It was just their day. It, but I think everyone who follows the Ravens would agree. The only way they're going to beat anybody in January when it matters is with offense. They're not beating anybody 17-13 or 16-12 like they're 16-10 like they used to. So the running back position is the the one area because they because they don't have anybody that's really worth, yep. you know they got four guys none of which have really showed that they're capable of carrying the ball 25 times five straight games. That's the one area where you say, well, if we're going to win with offense, which apparently is the way we're going to have to win, it's going to be very difficult to beat anybody just throwing the ball or just having Lamar run it 15 times. Yep. It's, it's a workload. It's, so, it's an unreasonable workload to ask of a, of, of a quarterback. It's, it's wild. Right. And, I, and so I don't know. I, I just think they, they were just far better off, obviously, trying to find a running back, but just – there aren't any, and they and they could have gone out to try to find a rush end, and they could have. I don't think they were in play for Von Miller, but you know they could have tried to go get Von Miller. But I'm not even so sure that's the the recipe for them. I they're only going to beat people with offense, which sounds completely bizarre to say, but they're going to beat people with offense. And I don't think, and I guess you well, said by the way, too, I, from, I don't from, think they can beat anybody. Right. I, I, do I don't think, think they can beat anybody as they're currently constituted. They're not beating anybody, and they're not winning three straight games in January and February. Right. I guess that's the easiest way right. to say that, it. And that's essentially how I feel. And I would add in the one caveat being, I, I, I think that I would still agree that they're not beating anybody with their defense, but I do think their defense would also have been, would be better if they would have a run game, like if they had a run game, I do think that would help this defense. I'm not trying to suggest that it would turn them into, you know, the 2000 Ravens, but I do think it would be beneficial to this defense for them to be able to run the ball a little bit and get them off the field a little bit more. I do think those things would benefit them and make them okay. a more well rounded I might agree team. with that too. I mean, I, I see the merit in that. Um, I do see the merit in that, right? Like the, it, the, the more you can sort of, marginalize the game a little bit so that the that the defense isn't out there for 60 plays 70 you know 75% or 65% of the plays or the other way around so that you can try to make it as close to 50-50 as you can I, I guess I get that um, some of this is also a byproduct of the fact that the guys that they actually are employing on the defensive side of the ball aren't really doing oh, a good job it's a huge problem there's no getting around yeah, I mean it. it's different it's... on the offensive I think I think we would all agree that on the offensive side of the ball Based on sort of what you expected to get out of them, everybody is sort of kind of delivering. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't. I mean, when they got Freeman and Murray and Bell, most people went, eh, yeah. you know, if we can cobble together 90 yards a game out of those three guys, that'd be awesome because Lamar will get 20 and we'll be in good shape. Like, I think everybody on the offensive side of the ball has pretty much done what you expect them to do. 
the defensive side of the ball, the guys they have, Queen, Harrison, Humphrey, yep. now Wolf's been out, obviously, but like those guys just haven't, they just haven't really done it. Uh, you know, and, and I, I, I have so, tried saying, and I'm trying to be careful because I'm not trying to, when I say this, I think people can think it comes across personally related to Patrick. I, maybe Patrick Queen will still prove to be a really good football player here, but we've got to be willing to, we've got to be willing to acknowledge how damning it is that your first round pick from a year ago can't be on the field for 50% of your defensive snaps. That's, that is, it is very difficult to overcome that as a franchise to, to, to win with your literally first-round pick from a year ago being someone that you don't trust to be on the field 50% of the time. Right, and I think, obviously, they did something with him in the in the last game. I mean, in terms of, like, they can call it a benching. I mean, they gave, who was it, board most of his snaps, right? Yep. Um, I, they've clearly tried to send a message to him, and you hear Wink say he's playing a lot better, and he's starting to pick it up now, but I, I, I think... They're just saying that to say that. And he's the one – I would almost say I think Humphrey is more concerning than him. Sure, sure. Personally. I mean, but, like, but it's based I, on the standard, right? Your standard is you need Marlon Humphrey to play at an insanely high level. If he's just playing okay, that's a big problem. Well, and you also have to look at who they're – the biggest issue is, you know, who they have on their schedule here in the next nine, week, eight weeks, whatever it is. They're going to have to see this kid in Cincinnati two times – I have no idea what's going on in Cleveland as it relates to whether or not any of these receivers are going to are they uh, are they trying to crush this quarterback now? Are they going to try to play with him or what? But they they have to face some they have to face some legit guys. Uh, they're going to have to face the Rams guy. They're going to have to face the Packers guy. I don't think the Bears have anybody that's any good. But you know they're they're going to have to. We thought Allen Robinson some, was, but he's not. oh yeah, they do yeah. have Allen Robinson. Right? Well, they, well, they don't have anybody to throw the ball yeah. to him. But anyway. Um, but they're going to need to face a legit receiver in almost all the rest of their games, give or take one or two. And, you know, Humphrey is kind of the go-to guy for that. I so I'm, I think Humphrey, to me, I wrote this the other day at Drew's Morning Dish, the three things that they need, the, the, th- the three things the Ravens need to win the division. They need Lamar to stay healthy, period. End of the story. Like, if Lamar gets hurt, he misses three games or four games. Over. Or, yes, they're done, right. Yes. Um, they need to figure out some way to run the ball more effectively, whether or not that's by scheme, whether or not that's by luck, whether or not that's by just saying to one of them, whichever one you pick, dude, you're the guy. Stay healthy for the next 10 weeks. You're going to get the ball 20 20 times a game. Just stay healthy. And then the third thing is they need better play from Humphrey. So that was my third thing. Like, I don't think they're going to win – meaningful games if Humphrey's play c- continues to flatline like this. So, I, you know, could they have gone out and made some improvements? Sure. Um, but I don't know that there were that many guys available to them to improve. And their biggest issue has been that the guys they have just aren't doing it. I mean, more than anything to me, the tackling's not been very good, right? I mean, we can go through all of this. Yep. It doesn't take a genius to figure it out. So. I still think that they're – I think they're – I don't want to say a lock, but I think they're really – you know, they're as close to being a lock to make the playoffs as you can be, given it, Yes, health. if Lamar Jackson stays healthy, correct. Yes. Right, if given Lamar, their health, yeah. they're going to win 11 games, 12 games. They're going to get in, but the question is when you don't get to play the Dolphins 
and you don't get to play some of these steamers that they've played, and you have to go play the Bills. Um, I would have said the Titans, but now I I think their fortunes have changed. Um, well, and the, by the way, that's think, the, that's the best news that you can have is that the AF, like it's the Bills and kind of everybody else at the moment in the AFC, right? Like, it, it, yeah. Although I would say, as much as people have started to put nails in their coffin, I would still say you wouldn't want to play the Chiefs just because. Well, yeah, I mean, because they've got Patrick. Because Hall, on, I get it, right? Like, yeah, it, on yeah. any given day, they could figure out a way to put 36 points up on you. Well, by the right? way, I, and I, am, I am utterly buying into the, the Patriots being a problem. Like, I, I, I You know what? I don't disagree with you. Completely and totally I, I kind of agree in. with you. That, that defense with that coach and them just getting enough from Mac Jones right now, I'm not telling you they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I would I would be nervous about facing the Patriots in the postseason. That's another team with a I really would, good running back, yep, Damian Harris. Yep. I would agree with you. Um, I would agree with you. I think they're – and I'll tell you who I really thought – I'll tell you another team that I thought looked kind of dangerous, but they just cannot stop throwing up on themselves late in the game is the Colts. Yeah. I mean, I thought the, I, it, Car- I think Carson Wentz really Baltimore, reverted to Carson Wentz that night, didn't he? Jeez. I think that that – game in Baltimore I think that that game really set them back yeah, maybe. like that game was over I mean, but, but, and they, done. but they went out and beat San Francisco on the road after that okay right? like, but I mean, I mean come on yeah, I'm not trying to suggest that San Francisco's a world beater I get it but like I, right. I, I I think this is ultimately like they I think they're in a real tough spot because this is the Carson Wentz story eternally right like as as long as he doesn't have to get involved I think if he just plays well they're fine but if he's got to get involved late and has to make the play, he, you know, like, eh, it's just not something. But, but I, I'm telling you, their defense is not terrible. They're, they can run the football, and I think just kind of the, sort of the way yeah. they, just the way they played against us showed you, and, you know, and sort of the way they played against the Titans until he threw the ball left-handed in the end zone at the end of the game. Um, anyway, but, you know, you can kind of – you you might be able to discount them, but the league's insane. I mean, they could the Colts could wind up going eleven and six, and then coming in here and winning in the playoffs. Like the league's no, so the Bengals, insane. The Bengals lost you have the Jets. No yes, idea. Correct. What's I, com- going on. I completely get it. All right, he's, <laughs> he's Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com. Hey, have you ever had the barbecue cauliflower wings at Glory Days Grill? I have not. I would recommend you do that immediately. I, 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 okay. Legitimately, I said on Friday. This past Friday night, uh, uh, Mrs. Clark was like, I don't really feel like making dinner tonight. I said, no problem. I'm going to go to Glory Days, right? Because that's what we do. I'm sure your family is the exact same way when you're in these circumstances. said, uh, we'll just go to Glory Days. I'll, I'll call in an order right now. And she said, okay, get, get, let's try something we've never tried before, right? And I said, okay. So I looked at the menu, and I, I said, I don't know. And I asked, the, I asked the girl, I said, recommend something. And she said, well, have you had the cauliflower wings? I said, yeah, we did the buffalo cauliflower wings. Well, she said, what if you did it barbecue? I said, well, that's fascinating. We got them. They were so good. This is, this is a straight shoot. The next night, Saturday night, I got home from work, and my wife had attempted to replicate. This is 100% accurate. She oh, wow. attempted to make her own barbecue cauliflower wings. I said, what's this all about? She said, I liked those so much last night that I wanted them again. And I said, wow. That's how strongly we felt about the barbecue cauliflower wings at Glory Days Grill. Of course, glorydaysgrill.com is the website. Get your order in for tonight. Stop by, see them. It's always the best place to hang out and watch a game. Of course, $5.99 burgers on Mondays. Glory Days is the place to be. 
Um, all right, you want to play Would You Rather Wednesday with us for a second? So, I let me. I just caught the tail end of this. So Aaron Rodgers is not playing Sunday night. Yeah, he's not playing against the Chiefs. Correct. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, oh man. Yeah, I mean, and they'll probably still win. Uh, by the way, they they totally might still win. Yeah, I mean, still win. but he's not playing. So he tested positive for COVID. So he so when did that happen? Today? Um. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that happened today. Um. Gotcha. I I just I was just told about this. Uh. The 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 former NFL players account in Baltimore says that Tom Maddy has passed away today. Oh no. Oh no. Well, he's um, an Eagles S member. Tom Natty, um, Upton Bell shares this as well. It appears to be legitimate. Tom Natty has passed away. Man. Um, oh, well, that's uh, terrible. I'm, yeah. He'll, uh, he'll, there'll be something that Eagles has for him, I'm sure. He's been a member here for a long time. Um, a wonderful man, uh, Tom Natty. Obviously, he was, uh, he was very unhappy with how he was treated when the Ravens made the switch to um, WBAL. And he and Scott had done, you know, quite a fine job in calling the games. And he kind of felt a bit dismissed. And so he wasn't as active with the Ravens in the years that followed, which was a bummer. But, you know, incredible story. Obviously, everybody remembers being the emergency quarterback and, you know, the wristband and all that. But Tom Maddy was a hell of a football player and a, a significant part of our community for, I mean, what are we talking about, five, five decades, six decades at this point? Very much so. Yep. It's a significant part of the community. It's very sad news to hear about the passing of Tom Maddy. That's too bad. Um, uh, okay, so uh, do you have any thoughts at all about the World Series? I mean, like, I, it, I, it's a really, I watched it. Right, I mean, you know what's really weird, Drew? I, I hate saying this. I ch- once it got to, like, 6 nothing, I was like, eh, I'm just going to turn it off. I didn't even watch the end of the game last night because it just wasn't compelling, right? Like, it was just sort of like, yeah. it happened. I watched a lot of it. Um, you know, I think, you saw last night, and I guess this is going to be a huge sticking point in the CBA, but I think you saw last night, you know, the merit of having the DH, the full-time DH versus, although Zach Greinke is, can hit other than that, no one else can. But I think you saw last night the merits of having the DH as part of both leagues. Um, and, uh, you know, I think Atlanta baseball is just crazy, right? You you can be 70 and or 60 and 60, whatever they were, and then when 27 of your last 40 make the playoffs and you're the best team. And, you know, it was kind of cool to see them win. You know what's I, weird? I'm, I, I kind of I love that because it's it's a reminder that, you know, even when like, – that you still should try, right? Like, Well, remember for, this. This is the funny thing about baseball that we – I mean, I think we do know it, but we don't think about this. Baseball essentially – you try to win one more game a week than you lose. Right. It, it's kind of bizarre. You, you, if you go three and a half, well, hell, two and a half every that, week, you're gonna, you're gonna be in you're even better than. I don't even think the Braves did that this season. Well, I mean, if you finish twenty-two games, the season's twenty-two weeks long or so thereabouts, right? If you finish, if you win one more game a week, you, you're thrilled, and. That's what's funny. It's separate now. Of course, in the NFL, what separates you is all, sometimes all you got to do is win one more game, just one, right. the whole year. But um, it's just funny in baseball how these teams finish on, you know, these teams finish 90 and 72, and they've had a, I wouldn't say they've had a great year, but they've had a really good year. And they basically won 18 more games than they lost. It's kind of bizarre. 
I mean, but I, I thought it was a good. I thought it was. Um, but they, but they also tried. Like they went out and they got Jorge Soler. And oh they, no, they're like, three I, acquisitions. Well, think right. about it. Soler was the, the MVP of this yep. series. Um, the Rosario was the MVP of the NLCS. Like that, all those moves and Peterson helped out. Yeah, I mean, massive. all, all, all those moves were big. The they and, went out and got Duval too. He led the National League. Oh right, guys. right, 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 right. But, 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 like I like the idea of more teams saying, "Let's try, let's go for it." Like what you know, what are we doing packing it in just because it's not working at the moment? Let's 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 go do. Let's try to make this happen. I kind of like the right. idea of something like that it's, being rewarded. It's easier right. to do that in a division like the NL. Well, sure. I, I, if, I, if they right. were in the Central or the West, they probably. But if they ended up a different mindset. And, but that's the, the shame is right. Like they still beat the Dodgers in the playoffs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they, they showed it can be done, even if you're not that team in the moment. I like the idea. I'll always like the idea of teams being aggressive. I'll always reckless yeah. is a different thing. I'll always like the idea of teams being aggressive, and I love the fact that it paid off for them, and that other teams have to think about that next year. That you know we may not be in the situation that we love to be in, but the Braves weren't a year ago, and they made those moves and went and won the World Series, right? Like I, I like that. I'll always be in favor of that as a fan of sports. Um, that that would be the case. Yeah, it was just good to see somebody new win, and yep. I, you know, I'm I'm way, way, way past everybody hating on the Astros because of what happened in '17. Like that, that team, that team, hundred percent broke the rules. But I, I don't know that I'm holding it against this version. I I wouldn't have kind of wouldn't have cared one way or the other if they'd have won or not. But uh, it was fact, good to see Atlanta win. I would have felt good for Dusty Baker. Had, yeah, I would have too. They won the World I, Series. I, I, I would have felt really I, good for him. And, and it's just funny how kind of at the end of the whole thing, when it was all said and done, like nobody had any pitching left. Right. Well, right. Atlanta had the virtue, the virtue of their kid last night. But if they would have lost last night, you might have started today. Correct. Well, they might have called Maddox. They might, you know, I mean, like honestly, they might right. have been in that position. I mean, position. it's just funny how Houston. Now, again, you, you know, you're these games. These, this every other game thing does allow for more guys to rest. It, uh, it is more you, you can use bullpen arms more. But like Houston started a guy last night on short rest, right? Mm-hmm. They they knew if we could get to the fourth or fifth inning with this guy, we might be okay. Well, as it turns out, they couldn't. couldn't. Yep, they you couldn't. know. The only thing that that was brought up during the course of the post, there are two things that were brought up. One, the length of the games, I, it's a problem. Like it's a problem, but I don't know how you fix it. And we're we're selfish on the East Coast, and we say we'll just start the games earlier. And I get it, but they don't want to start the games at 4 o'clock in Los Angeles. They don't want to do that. That's that's not something they ever, right. ever want to do. So I don't I don't know what the easy solution is. And and, and the way that we talk about this, we you got to make starting pitching work. So, like, are you supposed to say to a team, if your starting pitcher is getting your ass kicked, you got to go pull them, or you're not allowed to pull them? Like, I, there is no easy answer to the length of game thing. Like, there just isn't. You can say, hey, the commercial break should be shorter. Well, the, you're trying to get these networks to pay billions of dollars in order to air the World Series. So... They're not going to shorten the commercial breaks. It's not going to happen. I, I don't. Right. I don't know what they do. I don't know what they do about the time of game thing. The other thing is, it, well, the one game was really short. I mean, yeah. the funny part is, right? I mean, for the most part, we complain about the games, right? We complain about the length of the games, but the one game was like two twenty something. But the rest of them were yeah, an eternity. And yeah. some of it is about the pitching, for sure. I mean, I don't think there's. But this is the it's the World Series that so you're trying to win. You're gonna be aggressive right. and making oh, right. like to tell managers right. to and, and I and I would say that's a pretty good point too. Like, hey, if it's in July and the games are taking three hours and forty eight minutes, yeah, that's eh. one thing, right? But in the in the World Series, you should be prepared as a viewer. 
you should be prepared for this game to take three and a half or four hours. Correct. I, I, we don't like it. It's kind of like golf, right? You know, it's one thing to go out on a Saturday. We, we just, I yell, not yell, but I say this all the time at my club or anywhere, like when people are taking too long. Dude, it's Saturday right. at 1145. Everybody's playing right now. <laughs> Let's move. Correct. But it's different when it's a golf tournament, and it's taken a while, but there's something on the line. I, You know, it's different, right? So yep. I get it. Yep. Um, and the other thing that people brought up is that, like, the Braves did benefit from the fact they didn't have to play both the Dodgers and the Giants, right? Like, that, that, that is – well, that, that, that I mean, inherently was wrong that those two teams had to play against each other in the first round uh, of the playoffs. No question. And I would say of, of, of everything that was – you know, we, you and I used to have this argument all the time when we were on the air about the NFL. Like, the fact that the Saints can finish 7-9 and nine, – and host a playoff game, or Seahawks can host a playoff game, and they play the twelve non- and four Saints. Nonsense! Nonsense! Outrage! Yep. A, a total. And then you're going to hear people go, "You just should have won your division." Yep. No, nope. The team that played that had the most wins should play at home. Yep. You, I mean, and I, so base baseball. Hopefully, they will see. And I and I also hear the other side of it is, yeah, every once every twelve once every twelve years. Some team gets the rub of the green like the Dodgers did this year or the Giants did or whatever, right? No, it shouldn't work like that, that you win 108 games and you're out. Nope. Nope. Now again, look, if you, yeah. lo- if you lose, you lose, but it shouldn't be because you had to face the best team in the first round. Like, that's not the way right. that it should go. You should be getting the benefit, and the Braves should have had to face both the, the, the Giants in the first round, and then if they get through that, face the Dodgers in the second round. And if they can beat them, they can beat them. Go do it, right? Like, you still get right. a chance to win the World totally, Series. Totally, totally, totally agree. I mean, of all the things that they need to fix, uh, and I don't know that baseball is like, baseball doesn't need a massive overhaul, and of all the realistic things that they can fix, because... Ah, you there? Did we lose him? I think we lost Drew. That's all right. All right. That's, well, I call him back because we'll finish up with Would You Rather Wednesday that way. Yeah, I mean, that's the only other thing I'll say about the playoffs. And we talked about it at the time. Like, that that, that part is legitimate. That part is legitimate. That the Braves got, um, they got a gift by not having to face, you know, one of those two teams and those teams had to go knock each other. One of them had to knock the other one out. That was a gift. But, you know, it doesn't mean they're not World Series champions. Hey, uh, you want to... Anyway, yeah. I was just saying that, like, you, there's not a lot of things that baseball needs to fix because no. you know I'm going to tell you they should play 130 games and they should start right. in May. But right. of, the, of the legitimate things that they should fix, the easiest one to fix is you, you will, you will, your seeding is based solely on your record. Yep. And, and it's not unique to baseball, as you point out. Foot, football's had this problem for a long time. They continue to say... You win your division, you get a top four seed, which is nuts. You could be the second right. best team in football, and you have to go on the road to play a playoff game. Like it's totally agree. Particularly now that you have seven teams in the playoffs, and literally only one team is getting a bye. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. All right. Anyway, um, here let's play. Would you rather Wednesday before we wrap up uh, with you? Um, would you rather the Ravens have been the team that was aggressive in making a move for Von Miller, or no, that would have been reckless. Um. Refresh me real quick on what they gave up a second, what, a second and a third round pick for Von Miller. And what's his contract status? Uh, he's a free agent at the end of the year. Oof, boy. Which, in fairness, means that like either they'll bring him back or they'll get a compensatory pick for him. So like, right? Yeah, they're know. already going to lose. Um, 
I, I think I would have just stayed. I, I honestly, I think I would just, I think I would have just stayed where I am. Um, I know our argument here, recency biases. Our argument is the Marcus Peters thing and how well it worked out that year. But like, the, I get but the Ngakwe thing didn't work out. Oh well, yeah, zero. Right. Um, I, I, I probably would have just. I'm okay with them staying because I'm, I'm going to go back to what I said originally. I. I think the only way they're going to beat people is keep the quarterback healthy, learn to run the football better somehow, some way, and they just need better play from Humphrey. All right. Uh, would you rather uh, – good news. The Orioles are going to win the World Series in 2026. I've seen the future. Uh, Great news for you. 26? Yeah, we got to wait that long? My God. Yeah. Come on. We'll, we'd sign up for that in a heartbeat. Well, I've been waiting since 83. Right, here so. you, bro. 26. Um, would you rather – uh, I've seen the future. They Like the Braves last night, they win it on the road. Would you rather – be at the stadium where the game is happening, surrounded by opposing fans, or would you rather be sitting at Camden Yards, like all the Braves fans were sitting at their stadium last night, enjoying and celebrating the moment with fans of the same team? No, oh, I don't even think there's a question about this. I mean, you you would want to be in the in the ballpark when it happens. This one's far more split. This is far more split. Oh, really? Yep, far more split. Oh, yep. Okay. And I don't know, I mean, by the way. I genuinely don't know because I, there is something to, like, you're there and that's cool, but you're, when you leave, you still want to, you're still feeling it. You still want to celebrate, and nobody in that city is celebrating. Like, you, you can't keep doing it. Um, I think there's a great argument to I'd rather be at the watch party. Really? Yep. 100%. There's just something about that, like, you know, that feeling that you have that you want to share with other people, and there's nobody to share it with there. These people want to fight you. They hate you. You know what I mean? It's like that night we were in Pittsburgh, and uh, the guy said, if you, if, you, if you didn't come here to fight, you shouldn't have come here at all. Right. Like, that, was a, that was the third Monday night, a third game, second, it was, second game of the year. It was Joe, I I Joe, fight. Joe Flacco's first career passing touchdown that night. And, um, and, and I, to I'm Dan, sure you yes, remember who, to Dan, he, who, to Dan who Wilcox, targeted. Of course, to Dan Wilcox. And right. and we were sitting. Drew and I were sitting upstairs at the game. We we weren't sitting. Why were we not sitting in the press box that night? We were sitting uh, out that, in the crowd. I think the, I think the boss had three or four seats that oh, night. Oh, is that what happened? We were yeah. sitting out in the stands that night for that game. It was Having, a beautiful night. Remember the second game of the year. Oh, you know what? We decided that against the, That's a great point. We decided we were going to go sit in the stands because it was. It was September. It was a. It lovely, was a beautiful night. Right. It was the second game of the year because the Texans game got. Hurricane out. Yep, you said you said on the that like, you were like, why don't we just go and we'll just sit out in the stands? And I was like, all right, we'll go. We'll do. Remember that. we got off the bus and the dudes threw hot dogs at us. That a hundred percent happened. And we got off the bus and they threw hot dogs at us. And there were maybe like thirty of us, and we were all excited because Joe Flacco threw a touchdown pass to Dan Wilcox, and two rows in front of us, this dude attempted to fight us, and Drew said, none of us came here to fight. We got to go to work tomorrow. Right. And the guy said, if you didn't come here to fight, you shouldn't have come here at all. You shouldn't have come. So, you shouldn't have come. Sounds like Jack Nicholson line. Yeah, right? And that's, not, uh, and, and that's not game six of the World Series. Yeah, it was the second game of the year. That's the second game of the year, and they were trying right. to fight you. Now imagine what that would look like if it was game six of the World Series. But I don't think – I think some of that has to do – like, I can't imagine last night, I could be wrong, or maybe 25 videos floating on Twitter. I don't think, you think any of the Houston people were fighting with the, Ast- uh, the Braves I mean, I don't know night? if they actually got into fights or not. I couldn't tell you that. And Dude, like... I remember when the Ravens beat the Chiefs in the playoffs that year, and we left the stadium, and people said, y'all got a really good team. 
Uh, well, you guys do well next was, week. Wait, no, I, that was the Titans game. That wasn't the Chiefs game. It was Nashville, game. but, but it was Kansas the City did game. it as well. Kansas yeah. City, and I remember specifically oh, I leaving remember. the building in Kansas City yeah, and people that. saying, y'all got a really good team. All right, maybe that. I don't remember. I definitely remember that in Nashville. I remember it in Nashville. Happened in Nashville it, was, also. it was the most bizarre thing ever. They were like, man, we wish you guys well. And I'm like, what the F? What is, what yeah, right. is you know, this? Well, you know, we just beat you guys, right? Yeah, right. Uh, the most embarrassing thing I've ever done as a sports fan. I, I swear to God, the most embarrassing thing. And it's uh, it's quite a list. But the uh, do, you, do you remember what? Uh, it was 08. It was the Santonio Holmes game late in the year. Mm where uh, he most certainly did not break the plane of the goal line, but they gave him a touchdown oh, anyway. What a gift that was. And I was so dr- – that we had – we were partners with, like, Miller at the time, and they invited me to sit in the flight deck for that game. And they just kept giving me more and more beer. I was – Hammered. No, no, no. They didn't keep giving it to you. You kept drinking it. Well, they they were giving it to me, and then right. I was right. I do remember at one point Drew came up to see me, actually, that night, and I was loaded. I mean, like, utterly loaded. Um, so, so as we're leaving, some guy's running his mouth at me, and I'm I mean, just drunk. I mean, I am out of my outside my mind, drunk. And my buddy who was driving us was like, "Come on, guys, let's just let's just go. Let's just get out of here. Like, let's go." And I don't know why, but I turned around to the dumbest thing I've ever said. And my buddy has never let me live this down. He said, "Yeah, well, you guys came to our town and stimulated our economy." I know it. It's there are a lot. There are a lot of things you've done. A lot of things you've done over over the years that have been yeah well, I don't know I memorable I can't think of a lot of them <laughs> way, way to stick it to him Glenn I really I yeah right he has never let me live that down. oh my gosh um anyway all right so uh, number three on the list have you seen this video of the uh, mac and cheese with raisins no okay there's go go search right now there's this uh, video that's going around on TikTok. Of a, of a lady who was like, uh, this is the re- mac and cheese recipe that my husband swears is the best one. And, like, the big swerve is that she dumps a bag of raisins into it at the end. So would you rather the only mac and cheese you can eat for the rest of your life is mac and cheese with raisins? Or if you don't, you'll never be allowed to eat pasta again ever. Oh, my gosh. Well, this is bad. My doctor would tell you. Yeah, get rid of the pasta, right. Like, yeah, yeah. He doesn't correct. like the fact that I eat a lot of pasta. Yeah. But I don't think I can eat macaroni and cheese and raisins. So, so you're gonna give up pasta altogether? I, I think I'm gonna have to. Wow. I hate to say that. Bold, bold strategy. I, right. I, I mean, I'd have to just pick all the raisins out. No, you wouldn't. That's that's the you would go to you would die in that circumstance. I'm sorry. This, okay, this, well then, this I, is, this then, is then a, I can't eat pasta anymore. This is a squid game situation that we're talking. I can't. About. I can't. Eat, I can't eat raisins. All right. All right. At all? Like you don't eat raisins even a, like a, in a trail mix? No. No. What the hell's that I about? Out. I. I don't know how to explain it. That's a really weird bit, man. That's a weird I know. Bit. I'm a raisin. By the way, I'm a raisin guy, and I couldn't do this. I love raisins. Everybody knows that about me. I like raisins and stuffing. I like raisins in a trail mix. I'm a, I'm a raisins dude, but nope, I'm out on that. I can't. I, I'm, I just can't eat them. I don't know, and I don't know why. What's, uh, but what's, I just what's happening at DrewsMorningDish.com? Getting ready, man. Breaking, uh, you know, breaking Cal's record next uh, Monday. So oh. we're excited. I'm oh. holding on for five more days. Oh man, number twenty six thirty two, huh? That's coming up for twenty six thirty three is the breaking. Oh, twenty six thirty two is the tie. Got a very special couple of days next week. It'll be fun. Um, 
And, uh, you know, just uh, rolling along, wrote today a little bit about the Braves and the Henry Ruggs thing and sort of the contrast of, uh, you know, celebrating in Houston and then this awful thing that happened yesterday in Vegas. Um, so, you know, just uh, plodding along and trying to find good sports stuff to All cover, right. like Aaron Rodgers not being able to play in the game because he somehow got COVID. All right, we uh, we got to figure out the, uh, the the plan. We got to start, oh, you and I, we got to work I've already on... figured it out. Oh, yeah? It's either December 20th or December 21st. Okay. Well, I mean, and they they'll get back to me today. Okay, but we got to we got to figure out the plans for like other like the events that we're going to do, things like that in order to raise the coats. Okay. Yeah, we, we... we'll do that. <laughs> but we got but we're working backwards. We're working the other way. I I understand that, but like we have to have something to take them when we go there. That is the way this is supposed to go. Oh yeah, no, I I get that. Well, that's on you. I got the date. Oh, I, I'm the one. I'm going to solve that. Okay, you. Got I it. got the date. You got it, pal. I'll work on it. All right. All we'll right, see buddy. you. There's Drew Forrester, Drew's com at it's a hooded four on on Twitter. That's how you follow him. Uh, quickly, what were your answers for Would You Rather Wednesday, Paul? All right. So, oh, yeah. Got to turn my mic up. Yep. All right. So for the first one, which was it's the Von Miller one. What would be the comp- the compensatory pick? So we don't know that because it depends on what the contract is that he signed. Someone did tell me that apparently there's some rule that like after after you've been in the league for ten years, there's a limit. Like you, they couldn't get a third round compensatory pick for Von Miller, but they'd still get a compensatory pick. Okay, um, I, I I'd pass. I'd stand pat. You're gonna have to, if you want to keep him, you got to pay him. You got to pay Lamar. You got Brown coming up also. I. And I don't think that the pass rush is the biggest problem for this for this team right now. They have other holes that are bigger, glaring needs right now. So I, I, I'd stand pat. Okay. Um, for the second one, I would have to be at Camden Yards celebrating with my lo- with my fans around me. Um, I'm surprised by how many people have said that, by the way. Well, because, like, look, if you're in Atlanta, that's cool. You get to see them celebrate. But then they go into the locker room, and they celebrate in the locker room with each other, and you're not part of that. You know what I mean? So basically then you're just a viewer in a ballpark. Correct. So for me, it's I get to be at Camden Yards with all fans that are like me watching my team celebrate on the field. Then I get to see them celebrate in the in their clubhouse with my fans, with, with my with all my friends, and then we get to go out afterwards and, and celebrate and enjoy it and not have to worry about people giving us crap because we just beat their team. One hundred percent. Watching in the Camden Yards. That's the that I've kind of like I'm I'm in a weird spot, right? Because I Somebody brought up, well, why is this different than the Super Bowl? You definitely want to be there. Well, at the Super Bowl, it's half the stadium is fans of your own team that you can celebrate with. And it's one game. Well, correct. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, if we're saying this is the clinching game of the World yeah. Series and we know it's one game, what I'm saying is, like, half the stadium in New Orleans was Ravens fans. In fact, it might have been a little bit more than half the stadium, if I remember correctly. In mm-hmm. Tampa, it was not quite half the stadium. It was a little bit more Giants fans than there were Ravens fans. But you're not talking about, like, a couple thousand fans, and you're also not literally walking after the game is over. You're not walking into the streets of the city that's dejected and pissed off about their team losing. You're walking into the streets of a city that is happy to have you there to celebrate and to go to the bars and like literally sets up. Like having been there, it, there's there's nothing that I can compare it to, right? Like when you're, you're stimulating their economy, you're stimulating their economy 100. Don't forget that. Proctor made a good joke that not everybody would get. He said, "Boy, boy, was there fence on your face?" Yes, you don't know that. I also once one of the more embarrassing things I've done in my life is right before my wedding, uh, they uh, 
the, the boys threw me a, a bachelor party. It was very kind of them. And we were playing Can Jam, and I was so drunk that uh, in chasing after a Frisbee, I literally ran face first into a fence and mangled my face for my yeah. own wedding. Like, had to hire, not, we had to have someone do makeup for me for the wedding because my face was so mangled from this particular incident. So, yes, that's a good joke, Proctor. Uh, I wish more people got it. Um, uh, but the, I am, it's far different than the Super Bowl in that way. Like, they want you there, they are there. That city is bending over backwards for you. They want you to come hang out. And in New Orleans, they were, they were opening their doors. This is a place for Ravens fans to be. You win the World Series. I'm trying to think about a, a scenario of where it would happen, right? Like, the Orioles win the World Series. in They beat the Mets in New York. You think anybody in New York wants to have Orioles fans come hang out afterwards? Absolutely not. Not a chance. No. Happens in Philadelphia against the, the Phillies? Zippy chance that mm-hmm. anybody in that city wants you and your ilk coming in to hang out afterwards. None. Zero. That is correct, sir. So I think that's relevant in having this conversation. That feeling that you feel like it's cool to be there at the game. And I know like when the Cubs won, there were more Cubs fans that infiltrated Cleveland than like most visiting fans have. There's going to be a handful of visiting fans that get in wherever it is. Like There were a a handful of Braves fans that were in uh, Houston last night. It's not like you're not going to find anybody. But the moment that they say it's time, party's going on in the clubhouse. They're not coming. It's not like when the Orioles clinch the AL East and the players are coming back out on the field to hang out with you and to, to continue the party. It's just over at that point. Mm-hmm. Go home. Good night. And I don't know. I think I'd rather be in in Baltimore. Um, it's kind of the comp- uh, Nick Kelly brought up. I still remember the fun I had going to Camden Yards in 96 to celebrate the team when they returned home from after beating Cleveland in the divisional round, and that was just a divisional round. A watch party for a World Series win would be unbelievable yeah. in Baltimore. Look, obviously the priority would be, like, you'd rather it happen at home. Like, that would be yeah. an ideal circumstance. Um, uh, Paul in Ovilando, I wouldn't mind either, but being around fellow O's fans that have been through the decades of waiting for another World Series would be somewhat cathartic and more enjoyable to celebrate that together. I'd you know, I, it's leaning more towards that side of things, which is interesting to me. And then, what about the mac and cheese? Oh, I would 100% give up pasta. Uh, I've never been it's a mac an abomination. I, I'm, I'm like Marlon Humphrey in this. I've never been a mac and cheese. What's wrong with you? The what only is, what the, is, what is, the, that, that's that's a weird bit. The only mac and cheese I like is my wife's. She makes this incredible mac and cheese with old bay and bacon, and it's absolutely phenomenal. It's the only mac and cheese I've ever cared for. It's a very weird bit. I'm the same way with pizza. Yeah. I like pizza. I like pizza and I like pasta. I never really crave either of them, so I don't really eat them too much. What's wrong with you? Lots I mean, we got to really get to the we got to really get to the bottom of what's I, going I, I'm on. I'm an here. Italian guy, and I, I don't hate pizza. I don't hate pasta. I like them both. I never crave well, them. P- pizza is more American than it is Italian. Yeah, like, I, I, I know. But, but pasta—that's pe- a—I have a problem because I try to cut carbs, right? Like I try to not be a carb. But my wife makes pasta. I remember. Remember, I, there's a, a girl that I was friends with for a long time. And um, at one point in my life when I was trying to get healthy again, she was like, so what's going on? And I'm like, my wife just keeps making pasta. (laughs) And I just keep eating it because when there's pasta in front of me, I'm going to eat it. I'm Italian. That's the way it goes. You give us pasta, we eat it. We keep eating it. We don't (laughs) stop eating it. We eat more. It's a problem. It's difficult for me when I go out to not dip the bread in the sauce. Like that's difficult. I I have been able to cut that out. Like you also have to understand that I work in an Italian restaurant, so I've had my share of pasta. 
Okay, so, so you're saying that you're good for the rest of your life? Like, yeah, <laughs> man. If somebody, imagine I don't, saying I, that to me. Like, I don't I've think, eaten enough pasta for my life. <laughs> I'm good now. It's I don't think I'd weird. notice. I don't think I'd notice in like maybe once or twice a year. I'd notice. Oh my gosh, there's pasta and I can't have it. That's a weird bit, bro. That's a really, really weird bit. All right. Um, when we come back in, we will uh, wrap up the show. We'll get a tidbit. We'll get to bit or wind things down. Uh, continue to get me your sponsors for Would You Rather Wednesday. Don't forget, Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley caught up with Dave Tremblay, former Orioles manager, earlier this week. If you missed the show, you can find it facebook.com slash pressboxsports or pressboxonline.com slash video. It is Glenn Clark Radio. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Maryland, this is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. All good things come to an end, which is the case with Window Nation's best offer ever. You can still get two free windows with every two purchased, plus no down payment, no monthly payment, and no interest payments for two years. But hurry, because this stellar deal ends this month. Cold weather is here, natural gas prices are the highest they've been in years, and wasting energy with old, inefficient windows will cost you a fortune. Get two free windows with every two you buy, plus pay nothing for two full years. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven scratch-offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash in Raven's prizes. I love you more than snowballs. But not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. The offseason is upon us, but baseball never sleeps. Hi, I'm Zach Goodman. You can find me on the Batteron with host Paul Valley every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. We've got the best local coverage on every trade and signing, plus every update on the new CBA negotiations. You can watch us live at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. That's the Batteron every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the best in offseason baseball coverage. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. If you haven't picked up the new print issue of Pressbox yet, go get it right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox, or read it all, pressboxonline.com. 
She's Brenda Freeze, 20th season at the University of Maryland. She's on the cover. Great story from Mike Ashley. Again, go get that new print issue of PressBox right now. Uh, John Harbaugh tells the media today that Malik Harrison is going to be a short-term absence. He'll uh, have to miss three games on the non-football injury-related list, uh, but the Ravens expect him to be back this season. So it's very good news, obviously, after Malik Harrison um, was struck by a stray bullet over the weekend. Mm. And, you know, you think about how terrifying and how truly awful that could have been, and you're, you're grateful that that is not the case, um, and that Malik Harrison, according to John Harbaugh, that's what he's telling the reporters today. I just pulled that from Jeff Zrebeck. Um, that Malik Harrison will be back this year. So uh, that's uh, that's positive. That's uh, very much a positive. All right, um, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by uh, Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. All right, last night, Jorge Soler hit a monster three-run homer in the third inning to give the Braves a 3 nothing lead. It was his third go-ahead home run of the World Series, placing him in elite company as one of only six players in World Series history to hit as many as three go-ahead home runs in the World you Series. You asking me to name who they are? Yeah. Oh, I don't know that. Jesus. Um, I, I, I'm going to give you a couple of hints because it's hard. Uh, hang on. Well, let me let me try, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Reggie Jackson. No. Andrew Jones. No. Albert Pujols. No. You're thinking recent. Think about how long, oh, how far. For sake. Oh, we got to so, go. Some of these names are big names, okay? Some Babe these, Ruth. Babe Ruth, okay. 1926 for the New York Yankees. Uh, Not Jeter, Proctor. Yeah, well, I mean, but he's been in a lot of World Series, yeah. so, like, I get it. Um, how about. Not Williams. What? He, he guessed Bernie Williams also. Hank Aaron. No. Willie Mays. No. This is a big name, so I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, Stan Musial. No. You were in the same ballpark with the first one you got right. Mickey Mantle. No. L- Lou Gehrig. Yes. Okay. Lou Gehrig, 1928 for the New York Yankees. <laughs> and it's just anybody. <laughs> now, now. Is there is there anyone? Maybe he meant Ted Williams. Maybe he didn't mean. They'd, the Red Sox weren't uh, weren't winning World Series, so that can't be. And neither neither were the neither were the Braves. And you guessed Hank Aaron. Uh, I guess that's true too. Um, okay, so I'm I'm gonna give you a hint here because there's no way that you're gonna get this guy <laughs> if I don't. His last name, though spelled differently, is the same name as your favorite sport. His last what name, I think is your favorite sport. I could be wrong. Tennis. Mm-hmm. His last name, though spelled differently, is this. Say that one more time. So his last name is the same as your favorite sport. But it's spelled differently than that sport. So you already said you said it's tennis. It's spelled T E N A C E. So all you have to do I, is that's who that guy is. I've yeah. never heard of this person. Who is it? Gene Tennis, nineteen seventy two for Oakland. I've never heard of. I, mean, I, I, I'd never. That's why. That's why I told you I want to give you hints because yeah. this one's incredibly Al- Alfred, hard. Alfred Lord Tennyson is a good yes, Proctor. That's good. I like that. <laughs> Gene Tennis. The funny thing is, he has the most of anybody. He hit four go-ahead home runs in the nineteen seventy-two World Series, I, and the crazy thing is, he only hit five home runs in the regular season. Well, how about that? That's insane. How me. about that? Is that, that? That's the. That's the. That was a very. I, I I I like where your head was at for that trivia, but given who the responses were. I probably would have picked a different one for trivia. That's a very dude. I wanted to. It's a I, very difficult. I I wanted to. I could not find another right, word. Right, right. There's two other guys. By There's the still way, two other guys. Yes, they are more recently. I'll tell you the years: 2015 and 2017. 
uh, uh, David Ortiz. No, that would have been 2015. 2015. Wait, wait. 2015 was 2015 wasn't even the Red Sox. 2015. No. 2017 was the Astros. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, Beltran. No. Uh, Correa. Mm. Bregman. Mm-mm. Altuve. No. Who the hell was? There was somebody else. He doesn't play was, there anymore. I know. And there was. Um, oh God. Who the hell was it? Springer. George Springer. Thank you. And then the other one, it was Mets Royals in the 2015 yeah. World Series. Um, You're never going to get this one. No. Because you'd I, never think of this guy. You would never think of this guy as being part of the Mets. Oh, it was the Mets? They lost the World Series. Yeah. But the, that doesn't mean he didn't hit go-ahead home runs. I guess that's true. Um, I'm not going to think of it. Who was on the 2015 Mets? Uh, uh, God, I don't know if I remember who was on the 2015 Mets. Uh, hang on a second. Let me think. 2015 Mets. Uh, br- 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 Lucas Duda. No. Was he still there then? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I know that. Uh, Jonas Cespedes was not there yet at that point, was he? I think he was. Was he? But it's not him? It's not him. Uh, Travis Darno. No. Uh, I don't know. Uh, hang on. Uh, uh, Wilmer Flores. No. You would think of him as playing for the Yankees before you'd ever think of him playing oh, for the Oh, the Grandy Mets. Man. Curtis Granderson. Curtis Granderson. Curtis in, Granderson. In 2015. I'm so, I knew this wasn't a great tidbit and trivia question. That was a real I, I stretched... Everything I could to find something relevant that last was night. Rough. That was rough. I stretched everything I could to find something relevant, and that was what that right. I had to go back to this one. All right. Um, tidbit was also brought to you. It was a rough one. It was rough. It's also brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show. We're back at Mothers in Timonium on the 16th. They, we will be there that Tuesday night, uh, raising some uh, food for Harvest of Hope, taking care of people who need it uh, this holiday season. Go to grade8smemorabilia.com with the number 8 in order to find out more. What we're asking for is gift cards to Giant and Wise Markets. Uh, Tyus, I'm told, is going to bring out special guests, maybe guests, for the evening. Um, but we're going to be there with Tyus and a special guest no matter what. And we want you to be there and we want you to help us out taking care of Harvest of Hope on November 16th at Mother's in Timonium for the Tyus Bowser Show. Find out more as well. Pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. Here's what's coming up tonight, Totally Tubular. It ain't much because... There's no Game 7. This is just the bummer of the way this works out. Everybody was planning on there being a Game 7. There's no Game 7. So instead, maybe enjoy the Washington Wizards. They're playing well. They take on the Raptors, 7 o'clock on NBC Sports Washington. ESPN is Hawks Nets, 7.30. Hornets Warriors at 10. Loyola Soccer can win the Patriot League regular season title. They're at Bucknell tonight at 7 on ESPN+. They win with a victory. Uh, some action tonight, ESPNU for Central Michigan and Western Michigan at 7, ESPN2 for Northern Illinois and Kent State at 7, ESPN2 also has the Portland Timbers and Real Salt Lake at 10, and Fox Sports 1 has Atlanta United and New York Red Bulls at 7.30, TNT's got AEW Dynamite at 8, and the Blues and Kings at 10. Anything non-sports-wise that can help us get us through this disappointing evening with no baseball? Um, if you like all those Chicago shows, Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD. And I do not. So. 8, 9, and 10 on NBC. The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon at 11.35. He has Kristen Stewart, Bad Bunny, and comedian Joyelle Nicole Johnson. No, that doesn't help me. On uh, ABC. Although I, uh, Kristen Stewart got engaged, so uh, congratulations to her. Yeah, if you care about I don't, those I don't things. care yeah, remotely. Right. Uh, I also AB- don't care if uh, Kim Kardashian and, and Pete Davidson are, are sleeping with each other. That does not concern me in any way. I didn't even know that was the internet. 
that very much cares about it. That makes one of us. I like Pete Davidson. Funny guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> ABC, your favorite show, The Goldbergs at 8. Yeah. The Wonder Years at 8.30. The Connors at 9. And Home Economics, another one of your favorite shows, at 9.30. Jimmy Kimmel has maybe the best show he's ever had tonight. He's got Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds at 11.35. Uh, C- CBS, CSI Vegas, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert featuring Andy Cohen, a music- musician, Thundercat. On Netflix, Lords of Scam. It's a documentary on scammers who conned EU carbon quote, quota, uh, pocketed millions, and then turned on each other. Okay, I'll, I'm listening. That sounds interesting. I finally decided to give you a chance. Um, and, well, and Thanks, man. I appreciate uh, yeah, the job. Yeah, right. I've been waiting years and everybody talking about it for a long time, but I finally decided I would take a look at it. I'm not sure it's for me. It's wild, but I'm just not sure it's for me. I will, of course, see it through because that's what I do. It's <laughs> the way I am. But I'm not sure about it. I started season one last year at some point. I haven't gotten through it yet. It's not because I didn't enjoy it. I just stopped. It's, it's one of those shows that I just randomly just stopped watching. You know, I, I don't know why. It's 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 okay. Um, okay. You know, <laughs> like that's that's sort of where I'm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's sort of where I am. All right, uh, Tubular was also brought to you by Window Nation. Again, your final chance to take advantage of this uh, great deal that they have been offering. This is the last month of it. Two free windows for every two you buy, plus no payments for two full years. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. Thanks today to Drew Forrester. Thanks to Mark Turgeon. Thanks to Carlos Carrier. We'll get all that up in the Greatest Hits section of the Archives tab at glennclarkradio.com. Tomorrow on the program. Uh, Sal Palantonio is scheduled to join us. I, this, uh, Kyle used to always do a good impression. He would always do a Sal Palantonio every time we had Sal Pal on. So, I don't have that. It, it's very simple. It's, it's, it's Sal Palantonio, ESPN. Like I do a fine Jerry Coleman. I actually do a Coleman, too. But yeah. my Coleman is also the same as my Burt from Sesame Street. Fair, it's the exact right same impression. And really, it's just his intro that I can do. Okay. You can give it. Give it. I'm Jerry Coleman. Yeah, it's not. That's about. That's the Jerry Coleman. That's about what it is. I really, uh, I, I realized one night as I was reading, because I would read these Sesame Street books to my my son, and I would realize that my Coleman was just <laughs> Bert from Sesame Street. That's all it was. That's awesome, though. That's I, awesome. I can't even. Uh, I don't know, Ernie. Like it was, it was very similar to my like Coleman. It's a whole thing. Anyway, That's good though, man. Anyway, um, yeah, Sal Palantonio will join us tomorrow. Maryland Athletic Director Damon Evans will check in with us tomorrow as well. And uh, Ken Zalis, of course, will be here for the Press Box Fantasy Football Show. We'll make our picks and more. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, KNS Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the Baltimore Ravens, the Maryland Department of Transportation, Underdog Fantasy Football, your local Toyota dealers, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul Valley. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday night. Go nobody. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. <laughs>